Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm not Matt Eads. I'm Eric. Thank God. Yeah. I think you said that last time we did this, too. Really? Yeah. That's okay. Everybody else is really... (laughs) Well, according to the the feedback, it was a generally positive show. Yes, we are doing another show sans Matt. Joining me today, we've got via webcam. Yes, we are looking at each other. We've got Mr. Kevin Byer, beard and all. It's what they call me, beard and all. Beard and all. <laughs> Kevin Beard and all. Joining us also, we got Oliver Swagger Aguilar. Hello. Hello, guys. What's going on? This is strange to see you on that side of the table. I know. It's it's weird to be on this side of the table. Like, I'm sitting at this, this board of knobs, and, like, it totally sounds terrible in my ears. Like, I can't... I, Honestly, can't hear anything in my ears, so I don't know why I'm. Actually... I can't hear you in my headset. I think you're... yeah, your shit's probably not even plugged in. Are you guys sure you're even recording? We th- well, we pressed the big red button and then we did the blast off. Yeah, we, we did the blast, blast off, off twice. <laughs> so hey, yeah, I'm plugged in. Okay, so so did you guys hear why Eads isn't on the show this week? Because I know why he's not. Here. I know the real reason as well. So do I. The okay, fake so, reason is a migraine. Yeah. The real reason is because Eads actually just finished getting his ladyboy operation, <laughs> and he is actually moving to the Philippines, Taiwan, to become a professional oh, ladyboy. Taiwan, then he tours the Philippines. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, he's probably not going to be on the show ever again. Yay! And the next time he is, it's going to be a lot more interesting. See, that's yeah, not well, that's not what I heard. I heard he had just picked up a copy of Nino Cooney. And oh, and he's just too deep into yeah, it. Just and he didn't want to come on and actually have to admit that he's enjoying it. So he's gonna wait for the whole Nino Cooney craze to pass over and then just kinda like sweep it under the rug so he never has to address it. Either that or it'll be like three years down the line and he'll be like, So I just picked up this game. I don't know if you guys heard of it. It's called Nino Cooney. <laughs> this game's so good. good, I don't know why it wasn't more popular. God. Yeah, actually, I think he's getting that Nino Cooney tattoo right across his chest right now. He couldn't reschedule, so that's probably why he's not here. Nino Cooney, best game NA. <laughs> what he's probably doing, really, though, is writing a, a review for the site for Nino Cooney, so look for that. Positive, glowing. Straight tens. So, what's new with you guys? I feel like it's been. I don't like this whole being back in the States thing and not having contact with you guys constant every day every minute contact yeah haunted house contact i think is is what i miss you're low like look at these waveforms i know we we don't know how to fix it but... i don't know how to fix this because like... yeah all of her sounds super quiet hello yeah we can we can hear you well as long as we can hear him you probably hear him through my mic is what's going on i think i think that's what it is 
Is it, is, do I sound far? I don't know. No. We should have done this before the show, but fuck it. One of those sound check things. But put your, put your mouth really close to your microphone. We'll see. There's dandruff all over this pops. Yeah, pop it is you oh. talking into that microphone. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that is actually it. It's just because you're so far away. Oh, okay. Well, let's, let's remedy this. Try to rearrange the situation. So what Ooh. was the whole issue last week with Eads and the ghost on the podcast? Because he, he last was, week he got pretty aggressive with the ghost in Kev's house. Yeah, I don't know why he would do that. I mean, my ghost is so friendly. He's a good guy. Like, he straight Sometimes. up called that thing out. Yeah. And I get, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard last week's show yet. Have you guys? No. I haven't listened to it, no. Don't I, I don't do that. You were on that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, he, def, he, he must have said something that pissed off the ghost because the ghost ate a sandwich at my house. I made a sandwich, and I went downstairs, and I turned on my computer, and I came back upstairs, and it was gone. Really? And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. It's fucking ghost ate my sandwich. You're wow. being serious. I'm being totally serious. I don't know about this, but th- that's weird either way. How's the balloon doing? <laughs> Is that balloon still kicking? Uh, it's not kicking as, as hard as it used to. Yeah, it's, it's on lower. Is it still above the ground? Uh, I think it's only above the ground because it's currently caught between the freezer and the wall <laughs> i think if i were to move it it would fall all the way to the ground I think... which i don't want to do because yeah that balloon makes me happy and it makes you scared well i think <laughs> the the only thing keeping that demon inside the balloon is number one the fact that the balloon hasn't popped and two the fact that it hasn't touched the ground i think once it touches the ground or pops it's the end of the world yeah probably so don't move that freezer ever you don't have to worry. <laughs> I know, because you've got two more in the basement. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of what I was just thinking about just now, because I ran down, grabbed a bottle of gin, and I noticed, oh, there's a big freezer there. And then, yeah, you have the freezer upstairs. Yeah. And Is it full of food? Do you guys, do you have no, they're actually both pretty much empty. This one's totally empty. Wow. The one in the basement has, like, three things in it. Are they plugged in? Uh, the one downstairs is. So you are just pissing money away. I just, I just, I do my best to help global warming along. <laughs> Use as much energy as is possible in as inefficient ways. Because that deep hey, freeze has got to be like 60 years old. Let's so not get ahead of ourselves. Let's just call it climate change for now. Oh, sorry, sorry. Climate, climate change. change. You know, I, uh, I was on YouTube this morning because I got up early to watch the European League of Legends championships. I thought you stayed up all night to watch that. That was the night before. Oh, okay. Because it was, it was a three-day thing. Okay. Uh, so the, the one today started at 5 in the morning or something like that. I didn't get up that early. I managed to get up in time to watch the last match of three games. But after that, I just started browsing YouTube or whatever, and I found this video about Illuminati conspiracy theory bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I don't know if it was real or not, but it was like a, they, they build it as a like a training video for recruits into the Illuminati. And it was like a 15 minute thing about all this crazy shit. And one of the things they said, they said that they can control the weather. What? Illuminati, the dude in this video said straight up that the reason global warming is happening is because the Illuminati can control the weather and they're using it as a, a me- method of warfare against third world countries. That's fucking weird. Why would you want to wage war on a third world country in the first place? Well, because you want all their people to die. Why? 
because they're not buying into the Western civilization way of life. I think they're a third world country because they can't afford to. Well, no, they're a third world country because the Illuminati is causing droughts in their country so that they can't have food growing. <laughs> so dumb. <laughs> and you watched all of that? I watched all 15 minutes. It was it was so out there, man. Jesus. Uh. <laughs> There's some crazy shit out there. So yeah, global warming, not caused by energy consumption and fossil fuels. I just thought it was caused by Al Gore. Maybe. Maybe Al Gore is the leader of the Illuminati. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> I feel like this is going to be one of those shows where uh, Oliver calls out the hackers again and Two weeks from now, my house is going to be a smoldering pile of (laughs) rubble. Oh, yeah, it was just just a gas explosion. It must have just been a gas leak. Sorry. I won't make that that mistake twice. Oh, man. So, yeah, no no Eads today. It's going to be... I feel like I'm going to actually be able to speak my mind about a game I'm really excited about and not have to mince words. (laughs) <laughs> or be- if it makes you if it makes you feel better, I will try to be as ignorant as Eats <laughs> when, when we're talking about Nino Kini. You can try, but I don't <laughs> think I don't think yeah, exactly what he does. I don't think you'll reach that level. Yeah, probably not. Well, uh, yeah, let's start off with that. You want to you want to just dive right in with Nino Kuni? I don't know. What, what do you? What else do you want to talk about? How's your weekend? Let's talk about our weekends. Well. Big news in the Peterson household. Oh, you got your wife pregnant? No, no. I wish, I wish I could give you that news, but that's. I, thought, I totally thought that, that was the the news story. <laughs> <laughs> okay, maybe I. I just wanted to steal his thunder. <laughs> maybe I shouldn't have made it sound that exciting, but uh, Christy landed her first teaching job, so. Oh, awesome! She is. That's almost like the same thing. Yeah, kind of. Now instead yeah. of having one kid, she's got thirty. So. Um, there you go. Finally, I can really? uh, sit at home and be a bum and get have her have her pay me. That's what you were striving for. Yeah, right? and I just you know I was trying to push her into the medical field so I could like truly. Oh man, that would have been sweet. One of my best friends from high school is going to be a pastor, and pastors notoriously make like fifteen thousand dollars a year. They just live in absolute poverty. Yeah, but they get like everything else paid for. Well, yeah, they get they get the the house for free if it's owned by the church and all that, and people give them donations and stuff. But notoriously, they live in in squalor. He married a pharmacist who makes about a hundred thousand dollars a year, so he definitely married so, up on that. That's pretty good. Well, aren't they going to have to donate like half of her salary to charity every year? What? Just- just to keep it real? Uh, <laughs> I suppose. Yeah, maybe something. They could still they could afford to do that. But uh Well tell her tell her congratulations from the from Manatank North. And all of our listeners are also congratulating her. Hopefully. I've got another interview tomorrow too. I keep I feel like I keep jumping around with jobs a, a lot. It's because you do because you don't jobs. hold a job. I thought you had that online thing. I do, but that that has that's an adjunct thing where it's not guaranteed full time. So uh, um, I've started doing independent website design and stuff like that, which is kind of picking up. But um, got a interview tomorrow for a position with a school district to be their computer technician. So we'll see how that goes. Cool. What about you guys? How's Canada? You, got, you can make 
You can make all the the kids' websites like homepages and then think. <laughs> Just go into the school and <laughs> set the desktop background mana tank. Yeah. It's free advertising. There you go, yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. Now that I've 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 decided that I kinda wanna start working my way out of education. And I know we had a conversation a few shows back about why we would be concerned about this coming back to bite us in the future. And I was concerned with the whole aspect of teaching. Like, what if one of my parents of my students found out that I was on this and listened to it and they're like fuck this is my kid's yeah. teacher i'm not worried about that anymore <laughs> you know i thought about that and i'm glad i didn't take down my youtube channel i don't really plan on doing much with it anymore but just in case it's like yeah, you know i don't totally. who cares i don't fucking care i don't care so um i mean you're probably the less ig- the, the the least ignorant of all of us so yeah but farting on students and oh right yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hi. Crop dust and no measure walk down the aisles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're kind of gross. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. So. I suppose. Keep yourself entertained during those long study hours. Ugh. <laughs> Here's a book. Read it. I'm going to walk down and fart. <laughs> so. Has it ever happened where it wasn't quite a silent? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Name it on the student beside you. Oh, yeah. Johnny! No, there have been Excuse times. Yourself. There, there have been times where I've just flat out done it. It's like, well, it is what it is. Let's <laughs> let's laugh about it. And I was one of those teachers where if we were reading a story and the word pianist came up and everybody started chuckling, I'm like, all right, let's all acknowledge the fact this sounds like penis. Let's laugh about it, haha, and then move on. What grade did you teach? Eighth grade. So oh, okay. you really, know, they were still laughing about pianist in the eighth grade. That's eh, still kind of. I funny. guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, most of those kids, believe it or not, probably had never heard of that word before. So Yeah, that's not surprising. You know. I heard that first time I heard that joke was like on an episode of Tiny Toons, I think. Yeah, sounds about right. I was and like thinking back on it, I'm like that was totally inappropriate for me to hear. I was uh but, I stumbled yeah. upon a an article kind of breaking down. Did you guys ever get the show Rocco's Modern Life up there? Yeah. yeah, that show was awesome. Yeah. I love that show. Absolutely love that show. One of the staples of my Saturday, uh, Saturday mornings as a kid. But if you look back on it, that show was just filled with masturbation jokes, gay jokes, AIDS jokes. It was just filled with them. You know, like Rocco's favorite favorite pastime. Do you remember what it was? No. Jacking with jackhammers. But he called it, I'm going to go jack. And he went to that that jack that jackhammer court where it was the 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 jack all you want and and you know, the, his favorite. I don't rem- I don't remember the particulars. Yeah, his that, favorite restaurant was, was Chokey Chicken, and just yeah. I remember that it was sort of inappropriate because they would play it like late at night. Well, and he lived in O Town too. It's just <laughs> that, that whole show. Oh, yeah, I don't. We go download that. that right after the show. I think it's all on Netflix. They had the first few seasons on there. <laughs> That's that show surprisingly held up well over the years, though. You know, most cartoons don't. Like I try to go back and watch Run and Stimpy, and oh yeah, yeah that show's trash now. Oh, I hated that show. I couldn't I watch that show. Every every time it came on, I was eating. I'm like, I don't want to watch this show while I'm eating. See, that never phased me in any way. Like, I can watch the sickest shit, and I can just be munching away. Like, you could totally watch Two Girls, One Cup while you're eating dinner. 
I will never in my life watch Two Girls, One Cup. Yeah. But in theory, I could. I feel like we should put a disclaimer for people who don't know what that is. Don't look it up. Please don't look that up. It'll be way worse than whatever that porn star was. What are you doing to the camera there? He's trying to fix it. Oh. There, now I can actually see part of your face. Instead of just your glowing beard what's your have you measured your beard lately no uh i've always lived by the slogan if you have to measure it it's too small (laughs) (laughs) i guess i guess is that a little better that's much better yeah are you just drinking a big old glass of milk no it's uh lemonade and gin okay i got one too it's good it's really good huh so what's new with you guys? Anything exciting up there? I went snowboarding yesterday. How was that? Took a day trip down to Jasper uh, at a mountain resort called Marmot Basin. Okay. It was it was awesome. It was great. It was like um it was like about about zero degrees, so it was nice and warm. Zero degrees Celsius. Yeah. Was, um really fun and like all the all the runs were open all the lifts were, were were going so just went kept going up and down what is this your second season snowboarding third i'd call it my first real season going because you start you learned last year yeah well i i didn't we didn't go la- at all last year and we we started going the year before oh really so with that with that year break at at this point in my like snowboarding learning some shit um god i haven't been in two years yeah this would be my i i'd call this my first real season because just getting the hang of it and it's it's super fun right now yeah i need to hopefully get up to snowball up in flagstaff before it closes down they've gotten quite a bit of snow here recently so i miss it i definitely miss it what the hell are you typing Uh, yeah, so we went, we went for real quick, uh, uh, left really early in the morning yesterday, got on the hill just as it opened, spent like, uh, six, seven hours, uh, boarding and then drove home. How far of a drive is that for you? It's only about three and a half hours. So for Kev, about 15 minutes? Yeah, about. No, it's super An hour and a half, come on. But be realistic here. Okay. Yeah, like the the seven or so hours driving just totally like sucks. Just kills me. Yeah, it's that's totally about how sucks. far it is from here to Flagstaff. Though it's about three hours, and then once you actually get up there to the hill, you're looking at three, three and a half. So coming home's faster though because you're coming down the mountain, which is good. Yeah. Well, I, I worked it out with my cousin that I drive in the morning, but he drive back. Oh yeah. Ooh. So did you just sleep on the entire way back? I took I took a quick nap because I was just bagged right afterwards. But I got a lot of PSP to, a PSV to take. Yeah, I was gonna time. say, I bet you that was a, uh, a good handheld route. Was it just you and your cousin? Uh, me, my cousin, and Amber. Amber. Oh, okay, that's yeah. good. So you were just kind of the guy who's. Yeah, we'll go on this road trip, and I'll come with you, but I'm just going to put my headphones on, play on my Vita for six hours, and you can go fuck yourself. No, the, the good I'm not going to talk to it's you. It's like a you typical teenager about... these days, though. <laughs> the good thing about the, the, those games on the Vita is that like they're totally like, mostly text-driven, so like 
the, the dialogue's all in text and like the sound, whatever. I don't really care about the sound. So we were listening to like hip hop and we were talking and I was still playing Vita. So it was all good. good. No, that's good. What'd you play the most of? Tactics? Gravity Rush. Really? That's a good game. Is that the uh, one where you roll the ball around? No, uh, you're thinking of Chrono Volt. Okay. But Gravity Rush is the one where you're this you're this girl who can um, manipulate gravity any, any way you suppose. She'd never have to wear a bra. No, exactly. <laughs> um, but you're like running on walls and stuff and kind of like lifting stuff using gravity fields and such and... It's it's a little shallow right now, but um, I don't know. It's just it's it's. Did you download the, the latest free PSN game for your Vita? What is that? Uh, Fromer's Quiz or Fromer's? No, the the incredible Foosball 2012. Oh, oh I man, that, that no, I that, I want to play that. No, just by here. No, you don't. That game is a fucking shit pile. <laughs> oh, it's terrible! It is quite possibly the dumbest game I have ever played. And how could you possibly make a foosball game it, into a video game? It doesn't yeah, work doesn't very work. well. I even went through the tutorial, and I could never really master how you actually move the pegs. You, you the the left stick moves them up and down, like you're pushing towards you or away from uh, away from you. But then, when the ball gets close to that one, the right stick somehow causes you to kick the ball but it's it, it makes no sense how everything works it's just swing this back and forth randomly and and hope it works so i bet you you have to make circles with the right not just left and right up and because down. i was hoping to just circle. take my normal tactic of just moving everything really rapidly and just having a seizure on the controller like you do on the table and hope that they don't get it by you but fuck that game's dumb i wouldn't even it's not even worth your hard drive space <laughs> no, I don't plan on it's because foosball, like in real life, isn't really my thing. No, but foosball on the PS Vita, even if it's a free game, and there's like a short supply of games on the Vita, anyways, I don't think I'm trying. You got that. more than enough to play on the Vita right now. I did. I did try play uh, Tactics was my first choice, mm-hmm. but like again, I, I mentioned it last week. I don't know how I got that game when I was young. Yeah, because it is so hard. Now that I like, I even understand. I, I have a head for like video games more than I did when I was young, but that game is so hard. I don't understand how I got so far. Like I'm still Squall, or not Squalls. I'm still a Squire class, and I have like no abilities. I have no nothing like level two or something. But did you play a lot of JRPG games back in the day? Oh, yeah, I did. So you probably played a lot more yeah. back then than you do now. Yeah, that might be it. Because that came out back in the the heyday of those, and some of those skills I feel could have translated over a little bit. But it's th- still really good, though. I I like I really want to play it. I've been resisting the urge to to pop in my copy of that because I've got such a huge backlog of stuff I got to plow through. Mm-hmm. It's just sickening. But definitely, if I ever get some downtime, I want to dive back into tactics. I want. I'm curious to to see the translation differences from the PS1 to the PSP version. I don't like I'm reading it and it all seems like it's 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 how it's meant to be, mm-hmm. but I honestly don't remember the dialogue, the way it it's presented well, now. Like, I think they it's very they altered the way that the story is presented 
I think is what they meant with the translation differences. Because if I remember correctly, they were saying when that game first came out that they they made the story a bit more coherent and, and easier to follow. Because that's, that, that's one thing that sticks out in my mind about that game from when I was a kid, is I had no fucking clue what the story's about past the first 10 minutes. Yeah, it didn't make a lot of sense in the PS1 version. That's what you should do. You should play both versions simultaneously. <laughs> Clicking buttons at the same time. <laughs> Have you gotten to the part, um, the Dortmer slums yet? No. Um, no, I don't think so. I'm at a part where uh what's what's the main character's name ramza ramza and delita are still squires so you're still pretty early yeah very early and they they rescued this one argath okay who's another squire and he was supposed to protect the cardinal or something but he got uh abducted are you gonna try to are you gonna try to to complete all the quests where you can get cloud well, you guys talked about that last last week, and I totally glossed over that for whatever reason. Um, not last week, but the week before. Yeah, I don't remember when, exactly how to, get, how to get him. I just know that it's a painstakingly long process. Yeah, it's like a seven or eight step process. And then once you get him, he can only equip one weapon in the entire game. Mm-hmm. And that's another like six step process to get the item. And each of those steps sp- spans a couple hours. It's just a, yeah. it's like a game spanning process to get this but guy. But is he like OP or? Well, he just has all the same abilities as Cloud in Final Fantasy VII, so it's just like he's pretty, he's pretty seats. good. I, I mean, uh, I'll it, look, I'll look into it, and if it if it seems worth my time, I'll try to. Yeah. Because yeah. I think they just kind of threw him in and for fan service at that point. Yeah, it's totally it's not worth bad. your time. Oh, okay. Because it's it takes. A game that's 50 hours to begin with and turns it into a 70-hour game. Jeez. You could easily plug over 100, 150 hours into that game. Mm-hmm. Especially if you wanted to, like, max level him. Yeah. That game is just ridiculously big. Mm. So, did you play anything else in the car ride? No, just those two games. Um, really digging Gravity Rush, though. Have you started Uncharted yet? No, still saving that one. How can so you be? I'm how can you be holding off on that? Like, arguably one of the I, most impressive games on the Vita. Because I, I kind of just want to play through all the like all the other stuff. Uh, Gravity Rush. Uh, what I, I played through uh, Tales from Space, and I want to get those sort of out of the way before I, I sink into Uncharted because I know I'm going to enjoy that one. But sort of to force myself. To kind of try out these ones, I, I, I'm I'm just forcing myself to play them. I heard that Uncharted one is pretty short though, to like the tune of five hours, six hours. Because okay. the the PS3 ones, if you're taking more than eight nine hours to beat those, you're taking too long. Yeah. But uh, I'm okay with that. I mean, it was free, right? So yeah, you can't complain okay for free. And yeah, it's another Uncharted adventure. So I'm still saying, man, you got to play some Wipeout. You might <sighs> you might like it. I'll tr- I'll try a few races, but uh, racing racing's really not my cup of tea anymore. No, I can understand. I've I lost I lost my flair for that after picking up Gran Turismo Five and like well, I'm not really sucked into this as much as I thought I would be. I like the more arcade style stuff, like the Need for Speed Most Wanted, but still Cruising USA. Yes, that's a fucking game and a half right there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember coming home when my stepbrother bought that game, and I had a broken thumb. 
And I was just furious that I couldn't play it. So I'm sitting here trying to find <laughs> different ways to play it, like with my pinky wrapped around the joystick. And <laughs> that was not fun. So have that, you it's, it's... Uh, have you given any more thought to your Demon Souls conquest? Or is it, was that a, a short, fleeting victory for me? It's, it's I have thought of it. It's like it's because since I brought it home from from Kevin's place, I put it on my coffee table. So it's like it's still there, right? Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's 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 just there. But like uh, Devil May Cry is pretty awesome. Yeah. And then I was playing a lot of that Metal Gear Rising demo, which is fucking awesome, yeah. if you ask me. Um, but I don't know. We can do we want to start talking about let's that. Ta- Kevin? Let's okay. talk about Metal Gear Rising. Okay. Because now hold on before we before we get into this. Um are you saying it's fucking awesome because you're a huge Metal Gear fan or because you you truly think it's awesome? Both. Okay. Like uh, more because I'm a Metal Gear fan, also because it's an awesome like it it plays pretty pretty well, but I do have some complaints. Cuz I went into it thinking I'm going to think this game's good regardless because I really like the Metal Gear series, but I want to make sure that I can find some things that I, I don't like. That way I don't come across as, as just yeah, a screaming fanboy. I'm just an Oliver? <laughs> no, I have some complaints, too. It's not it's not 100%. Yeah. My complaint is the game isn't out yet. <laughs> <laughs> Did you play it, but, Kev? Uh, no. I kind of want to I kind of want to come over and download it for you so you can try it. <laughs> but, uh, can I just get it on the PSN? Yeah, yeah. it's free. <laughs> It was kind of weird because when it first came out on Tuesday, I logged on after the, the store updated and I couldn't find it anywhere. And I even tried searching it and it wasn't on there. And then, you know, because the store had clearly updated and people were like, yeah, download it. It's taking forever. It's hanging up. Can't, you can't install it. So I came back a couple hours later and there it was. So did you have any trouble finding it when it first came out? Well, I, I, I heard about it through, uh, through Twitter. So immediately I went on PSN, and I figured it would be, like, featured on one yeah. of the main pages. But no, I had to, like, dig through some... I had to dig through and find it, like, myself, which I was kind of annoyed about, because I think that that was one of the ones that you'd feature on your... At least, like, the demo splash page, right? I think they were pimping Dead Space 3 a little bit more than they were Metal Gear. Mm, yeah. What are your thoughts? Let me hear your thoughts. Um, I knew going into it that... I shouldn't take the mindset of this is another Metal Gear Solid game. It's it's for kind of a vague reference that some people might get. It, it was the... Do you, do you remember Final Fantasy VII Dirge of Cerberus? Did you ever play that game? Yeah. How that was no. kind of like an offshoot of the series with another mm-hmm. side character, and they turned it into a different style of game. It wasn't an RPG. It turned into a shooter. I kind of went into it with that mindset, so I wouldn't be super disappointed. And uh, I, I remember watching the opening cutscene that they had in the trailer a while back. Like, there's no way that this game can look this good in, in action. And uh, watching that opening cutscene and, and dropping into the game for the first time, I was blown away by it. It looked super good. It played crisp. Um, Raiden is just a huge badass. Like, I don't know how they turned him from this just sniveling little whiny bitch <laughs> into somebody that's probably quickly becoming one of my favorite in the entire series. That's interesting. That's um, quite the statement for a game that's not out yet. He, 
Well, from two, he he was he was sort of shitty and whiny and like a total. I I did not like him at all in two. No, and then like when he made his 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 appearance in four, mm-hmm. and then he was he was jumping around, he was slicing up those uh, those gecko, and he was just like twirling them twirling them around and just like jumping all over the place. And then he had the the few fights with that vamp, which were fucking awesome. Yeah, I, that's how they transformed him. And like after four, I'm like, yes, this is awesome. This is riding, riding is cool. And then when they first announced uh, Riot Metal Gear Rising. And it was still under like the Konami like exclusive banner, um, and they said that this would be the story of how Raiden became Raiden. I was like super super interested in that, and then that sort of started floundering. They gave the they gave the game to over to Platinum Games, and then Platinum Games said, "Oh well, we're not going to do the we're not going to do the how Raiden became Raiden story, but we're going to continue on his story after four. Yeah. I was sort of disappointed because I really want to see that that that, so you were, that transformation. You hope are you talking like how Raiden became who he is from his childhood? Yeah. Well I wanted to see how Raiden from two sniveling little bitch ass. Yeah. Uh how he became super cyborg ninja Raiden in four. Yeah, that would have been nice because he, he it's not even the same character. Not even close. They, I'm, I'm assuming that they'll touch on it in this game, but I kind of wanted a game that would... Because uh... usually when they do such a drastic character overhaul, it, it's not for the better. I mean, I still have issues with Raiden, but he's he's much better than he was in the past yeah. games. Um, the game itself, when I first started playing it, I couldn't shake the feeling that I was just playing like another Devil May Cry type of game. Mm-hmm. And... The one thing that, from watching all the trailers and videos, that I was kind of leery about how it was going to work was the whole blade mode. Because I, did, yeah. I didn't understand that concept at all. I mean, it looked like it should have been something that they had with the PlayStation Move, but uh, <laughs> it, it worked surprisingly well with the controls. I mean, the 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 left joystick was to move your camera around, and then the right joystick was to change the angle of attack. Correct. Yeah, and then you sort of like um, just swing it across or swipe it across and make the cut. Yeah, it got a little goofy when you're trying to adjust the angle of attack and then swipe and you're trying to do everything really quick because you're moving the joystick to to change the angle and then you have to let off of it and then swipe it. So it can be a little yeah. cumbersome, but... It's, it's not as precise as I thought it'd be. No. Because when I go into that blade mode, I'm just swiping and just dicing things like into pieces. Well, and then you well, get... I mean, that... that that's your style, right? If you want to be more intricate with it, that's why it's probably so. But it's it's they... it slows it down enough that you can sort of like uh, align your cut and swipe and then do whatever. Because there are certain but... situations where you have to be very precise. Like in the tutorial that they had, these people are holding hostages. Uh, kill the the guy without harming the hostage. So you had to make sure yeah. your angle, your blade was in the right spot. But when you get into the frenzy mode, you start just. You, wiggling both controllers or both joysticks and shit just starts going crazy and it's you're right it's not as precise as it could be it's it's still really cool though like um there's that uh it's called zandatsu and i think the 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 translation for that is cut and take and that that was always that was always a theme of metal gear rising from from the initial trailer Mm -hmm. but what it is is like you'll Cut your opponent in a certain certain way to what did they call it? I don't remember really what they called it, but you 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 sort of take their their left hand. Is that what you, life? Are you, no, are you, 
Well, the, the doctor talked about the left okay, hand yeah. thing. But, but, um, oh, I, you, yeah, I don't remember exactly what he called it. Yeah, when you go into your cut mode and you're, you're attacking your opponent, there's a, there's a little target box that you need to slice through, and that will expose your opponent. It looks like a spine with, filled with like blue goo or whatever, but you, you literally cut your, your opponent and take that part to, to, uh, to replenish your health and replenish your, your energy or whatever. And there's right? nothing so cooler than pulling people's spines out. Yeah, what, what do they call that? The the spine juice, spinal, spinal fluid. Yeah, whatever that's called. That's what this guy drinks. Is that what's going on? It, it's they explained it somehow where Raiden needs electrolytes or whatever the hell they called it. <laughs> yeah, the stuff and, that plants need. Yeah. <laughs> um. So that's a big thing about um in combat like you still have items and stuff but actively in combat you can cut and take your opponents the lack of better word their spine spine juice and uh, um and then you replenish the life so like you're fighting gecko on one side and like uh regular bad guys on the other and you're getting taking a lot of damage from the from the big uh gecko so you run over and you dice up one of these more uh, smaller opponents and grab their spine juice so to fill yourself up so then you can fight the gecko again or even the boss or whatever. <laughs> and it's I, I think it's super satisfying. Like when you when you get a good cut, like whooshing, and then you grab it and you take it, and you smash that shit. It got a little repetitive though. I mean, constantly having to watch him. Like, it flips into this little cutscene mode where it zooms in and you watch him do that. So if you have five, six enemies that you get that on in a row, it, it gets a little a little. Does, much. It, does it do the cutscene every time yes. you do it, or is it? A- yeah. Every time. Um, I mean, it's only, it's only a couple seconds long, and it's not a huge complaint. It's just that if you're playing a game that focuses on combat and you're going to be spending 90% of your time in combat, those two seconds here and there add up. Oh, especially if you're doing it thousands of times over the course of the game, right? Yeah, I yeah. can see that up too. Um, the one thing that they, they explained is that throughout the game, you're going to be able to collect the left hands of the, the people that you kill and return them to um, Doctor. That's his name, right? Air Doctor, Air, yeah. Air Doctor, and he can upgrade your suit with new abilities and stuff, but they didn't really explain how you collect those. Is it just something when you kill somebody, they drop it and you automatically pick it up, or do you need to like actively cut off their left hand? I remember that from from the the opening cutscene, and it it actually didn't even occur to me while I was playing. So I don't I don't know. It it would probably be you probably have to actively cut it off because like Metal Gear Two, the only Metal Gear that I played. You had to get the dog tags, yeah. But in order to do that, you had to sneak up on them from behind and then knock them out and then shake the dog tag off them. If you just killed them regularly, you couldn't get it. So it might be a trade-off of: Do you want to go for the spine and get this guy's spinal fluid to heal yourself, or cut off his hand for the possibility of his left hand falling off and you upgrade? Well, your you can probably do both because I mean, if you cut off a guy's left hand, he's probably going to keep going. That sort of goes back to the whole thing where we we're saying it's not as precise as it should be because that'd be hard. Well, because when you zoom in, in on like blade mode, situation. yeah, when you zoom in on blade mode, it, it, the camera gets right up behind him, and you have a very limited field of view. Mm-hmm. So, like, you'd have to position yourself so you're you're on the guy's side or whatever, go into blade mode and try to swipe off his arm for the easiest, like, for the easiest way to getting his arm. 
Otherwise, if you're like face to face with him, unless he has his arm sticking out or whatever, that'd be a hard cut to do. It's not easy to cut off somebody's left hand. So how many times did you play through this demo? I'm imagining you sat there and played through it like six times back to back. I play I when it first came out, um I only had a few few minutes to play it, so I only got I saw I saw the opening cutscene and then I got to that beach part and I was cutting down pine trees and I was cutting down like columns and stuff. That was super cool. Yeah. And then I, I fought that first battle a few times. I only just got to play it through today. Mm-hmm. And so I played it like two or three times. Wow. Yeah. Uh it's it's a short demo. Yeah, it ends with that 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 uh dog boss, right? Wolf boss, Wolf yeah. Boss. Um I, that's where thing... that's where my major complaint with this demo came up is how reliant the combat system becomes on your ability to parry and the parry system seems kind of hit or miss. I wasn't clear on how on how yeah, that's my biggest complaint also. I wasn't I wasn't really clear on how that works cuz it, it's um, I think you had mentioned it, or we talked about it, how there was no real block button. Kevin? What game are we talking about? Metal Gear Rising. Why would I have talked about no block button in Metal Gear? Because we, we saw, we saw... I haven't played the game. Yeah, I know, I know, it's weird, but I, re- I vividly remember you saying this after we watched some video or whatever. Anyways, there's no real block button. It's like a, par- a parry system where well, you have to use... Isn't it where you press square and tap forward just as they're about to attack? Yeah, and it, but I mean, square is your attack button, also. Yeah, it's so it's it's weird. Well, it's your use your sword button. You're using your sword use to your block sword, the attack. Sure. Um, but you have to get the timing down, and the the the, the bad guys give clues or cues on how, when they're going to attack and stuff. So what, as you, as soon as you realize what cues you're looking for, it's kind of easy. After the third time playing that game, like I got through the, without any damage. Yeah. But um, it's not. I don't. I don't think it's the most intuitive. I would have much rather like a dodge button, especially after playing uh, Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. Dodge button is way better. Even even God of War Ascension, the, the the beta there, like a block button is good and a dodge button. Well, is Well, awesome. because I noticed that when the wolf charged at you, you couldn't jump over it. So his uh, a lot of those enemies had massive AOE attacks, and you it was yeah. really hard. So you your only option was to perfect the the dodge system. Or the uh, yeah. block system, but so, yeah. some of the other the bigger bosses like fighting the geckos. There's some really cool stuff that they're doing with that. Did you ever end up just cutting off one of their legs and then it would flop around on the ground, still trying to attack you? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. I, I that actually happened with a few the just the, the the regular bad guys where I where I cut off his legs, but he wasn't dead, so he kept crawling at me and kept swiping at me with his sword. I'm like, holy shit! Oh, that's see, awesome. I never got that because I just went up and went absolutely ape shit on him. See how many times you can cut him before he dies. Yeah, I got. I think my biggest combo that I got was about 45 on one guy. <laughs> yeah, you just slice and dice him. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I cannot wait for this game. I'm so excited for it. It's it looks so awesome. And from what I played, it was fun. It might get pretty pretty repetitive. I was gonna though. say, what do you think the upper threshold of how long this game is? <clears throat> how, how long do you think it can be before people start getting bored with it? I haven't, I haven't finished Bayonetta, and I haven't finished or played Vanquish, but I don't think that those games are too long either. 
I would say the... So I, I'd say they're the same. I would say the upper limit of a game like this could be... 9... Nine to ten, yeah, nine max. To 10 hours. If you start cresting and twelve to fifteen on a game like this, I'm going to be bored. Unless you've got some really cool stuff, because it's basically you've got the blade mode, which they introduce right from the beginning. And then, if you want to just play it, hitting square and triangle for your different attacks, you can. But you know, that's that, that's gonna that's gonna run dry pretty quick. So I think I I. I I hate saying this, but I think I'd like it regardless. Yeah, because the story sounds cool. Well, yeah, that's and that's like, what you you're going to be getting it for because you're you're so involved in that that world. Yeah, and watching watching the cutscenes, I'm like, yes, this this is like this is a Metal Gear cutscene. Yeah, so I, I, I'm most excited for that. Kojima has no hand in this. Well, his team, his the the the, the Kojima Productions team is responsible for the storyline and cutscenes. Okay. So it's Whereas still Games, him telling his own story. Yeah. Platinum Games was mostly was was mainly called in for like gameplay mechanics and like the game part of it. Okay. Because I I guess the story went was after they introduced that first uh trailer when it was still under the K- Kojima Pro- Productions banner was like they were sort of floundering around on how to build this game. Because I think they were still running off whatever engine Metal Gear was running on, and they couldn't quite do it, hmm. right? So, so it went through like sort of um, just this period of uh, what are we going to do with this game? And then they finally brought in Platinum Games to uh, sort of resuscitate it. I was on the fence about if I was going to buy this thing or not, and then I don't remember who it was, but somebody sent us a, a tweet saying that if you pre-ordered it at Best Buy, they'll give you a $20 reward zone certificate right off the top. So, oh, yeah, I saw that. So for me, yeah, because there's going to be games I'm going to be getting in the future, so an extra $20 <laughs> towards that. No, I think this is going to be the last game you ever buy. Yeah, this will be the last game ever. I don't know. I did just buy a game this past week that could easily be the last game I ever buy. Before you go on about that, I want to talk about uh, DMC a little more. I got a chance to play that a lot this yeah, this week. And that is a very cool game. And actually jumping between um, Rising and DMC, sort of different, but still like really the same. DMC, I... The... The fight mechanics are really awesome and super fluid. Mm-hmm. Um, the way you can switch between your uh, your fast, like sort of uh, area of attack weapon and your heavy, like damage. Focus, uh, pretty seamless, and that's 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 gonna be really hard for uh, rising the top. Like I will spend, I don't know, however long this game is. Matt says it doesn't. Um, I'm talking about Devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. Matt says this game isn't that long, so I'll spend maybe upwards to eight hours on it. Has he beaten it already? And yeah, he 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 had it beat last week. Oh wow! Before we did the show, really? Yeah. Wow, I guess I didn't pick up on that. <laughs> hmm. Um. So yeah, this this is going to be the game that's going to that's going to be like direct comparison with Rising and I think that's a good comparison though at least for uh, similar games coming out in the same time frame 
because yeah. you, you can you can't deny the fact that Rising falls into that same category game as your Devil May Cries and Bayonetta's. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit more cinematic in its storytelling. So yeah, like um, I am enjoying the hell out of DMC. I right saw now. a video of a guy this week who did one of the levels. He was playing through it on the hardest difficulty. Nef- Nephrim is that the hardest one? Nephilim is like the hardest difficulty that's uh, open to you. He, from the there, then there's one past that. Yeah. And he was going through the game on that, taking zero damage, getting triple S rankings on every level. See, that's crazy. Yeah, it was just insane to watch him. I mean, I don't really have a huge interest in that game, but I watched several of the videos just to see how good this guy was. Like, how do you get that good at a game two weeks after it comes out? That's it's pretty good. Like... There is a lot of depth to this this, this combat system, mm-hmm. but I find, like, I'm doing my best to try to remember the combos, but it's so hard, like, in these types of games, uh, DMC, Bayonetta, God of War, to, to, to remember all these combos, even though they're all essentially the same, but um, the thing with Devil May Cry is that it relies on stylish points. Like yeah. Because you, uh, you can't just go in and hammer square. Yeah, you can't just go in and hammer square, and you have to switch up your combos and stuff, switch up your weapons to keep building up the, your multiplier. Otherwise, uh... So you have to go square, triangle, square, triangle. Pretty well. And then triangle, square, triangle, square. Yeah, just to mix it up. Air combo, square, triangle, square, triangle. That type of stuff. Um, so yeah, I haven't seen the video you're talking about, but I would love to see how a guy who knows how to play this game plays this game. It's just, it's sickening. He was playing, the, the video that I watched, he was playing the level that they had on the demo. And, I mean, I didn't struggle through that, but I definitely took a, a few shots here and there. But this guy took zero damage. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. No thanks. Yeah. I mean... Especially on a hard difficulty? Yeah. Yeah. Crazy so that's stuff. Me. That's me. Really liking, really liking those games. Really looking forward to Metal Gear Rising. I wish Matt had been here. I wish he could have pulled himself away from Nino Cooney to talk about Metal Gear Rising. <laughs> what was his take but, on uh, it? Did you talk to him at all about it? I didn't talk to him at all because I wanted to save it all for the show. But fucking apparently Nino Cooney is taking over his life. <laughs> Tell me about Nino Cooney. So Tell me about why Matt loves Nino Cooney. I got a, so I got a, I got a story before I even talk about the game. Um, I didn't have to work on Tuesday. Well, I, I don't teach on Tuesday, but as soon as I was done teaching at uh, 1 o'clock, I decided I want to go pick up Nino Cooney. And Christy had the car at work, so I couldn't go drive off and get it. But I didn't want to wait for her to get home at 5, 6 o'clock. So the GameStop that I pre-ordered it at was two and a half three miles away, and I figured, well, I, I got a skateboard. I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> so you skateboarded for three miles to go get Nino Kuni. <sighs> yes. Now, back in the day when I was younger, skateboarding three miles was nothing. <laughs> I used to skateboard every single day to school five miles each way. Just wake up, leave at 6.30, skateboard to school. It's just what I did. So I'm like, yeah, I used to do that a lot. That's not that far. <laughs> In the arid desert heat, <laughs> one block is a long way. And I made the intelligent decision of wearing jeans and, oh, geez. and a uh, button-down type shirt with with a backpack. And so hold on. You were skateboarding in a pair of jeans and a button-down shirt. Hell yeah, I looked pretty sweet. 
and some Nike <laughs> shoes. Like, it looked like Tony Hawk. Yeah. Tony wow. Hawk looks yeah. like. So I don't think that's what Tony Hawk looks like. Yeah, it does. Sure, looks yeah. just like it. It it looked Jeez. it looked good. <laughs> so I, I, I didn't come come across any issues along the way. And this GameStop is in a it, it's in a plaza. I was like, there's a Target, there's a, a Ross, bunch of fast food places. So I cross over the street and I, I put my board down. I'm sick of skateboarding on the sidewalk because you know, the the cracks every three feet just kind of get annoying. So I'm skateboarding through the parking lot, and I was super hungry, so I wanted to stop at Taco Bell and get something. And as I'm rolling up to the door to Taco Bell, I hear this this screeching of brakes right behind me, and I look behind me, and there's this fucking security guard roll, <laughs> rolling up in a golf cart. And I just like I just kicked up my board, and I was holding on to it, and he's like, hey, excuse me. I'm like, yeah? He's like, you can't be skateboarding in here. I'm like, I'm I'm not skateboarding. I'm going to Taco Bell. But you're on a skateboard. I'm like, yeah, it's a valid form of transportation. I'm just passing through. Well, you can't be skateboarding in the plaza. <laughs> okay, whatever. So I went in, got my tacos, and uh, decided that I didn't really want to deal with this guy anymore. So after I was done at Taco Bell, I just walked over to the GameStop. It was probably 300 yards away. I get into GameStop, and no sooner than I walk in the door, the security guard comes in behind me and starts perusing through the the uh, Xbox 360 used bin, just keeping an eye on me, and he parked his golf cart <laughs> right out in front of the store, and it's like... What a shithead. I didn't realize that a 27-year-old going to pick up Nino Cooney was that big of a deal <laughs> on a skateboard. That's why he didn't trust you. You were a skateboarder. Yeah. Figured you were going to rob the place. I thought about going out the door and just dropping my board and riding around to see if he'd chase after me again, but I wasn't up for it. So, um, fortunately, I, I realized this after last show that I was kind of making fun of the guy that I pre-ordered the game from, just calling him kind of dumb, and you know, because he didn't understand if the the guide had a discount and stuff with it. I mean, it's nothing bad, but I went to the GameStop later uh, after we recorded that show and just got to talking with the guy, and he's pretty cool. And I turned him on to the show because just through the conversation, he he asked what I did and. And I shared with him the Manatank podcast. And as I'm walking out the door, I'm going, fuck, I totally made fun of that guy on the show this week. Let's <laughs> let's hope he doesn't start listening until next week. So he wasn't there. Fortunately, I didn't have to but deal. You just finished saying just now that you made fun of this guy. So if he is listening to this show, whatever, he's going to go back. I just won't go back ah, to that GameStop. What? Ever again. There's game- Next time you'll have to skateboard for nine miles to get Nino Cooney 2. <laughs> there was actually one that was a mile and a half from my house, but I just re- pre-ordered it at this other one because I was there one day. I'm like, yeah, I want Nino Cooney. So, and every time I've gone back in, they've given me another one of those metal tins. So I have three Nino Cooney metal tins and the game, and I got the collector's guide. So, a little overboard on Tell it. Tell me about the game. So, the game <laughs> itself, uh, I, I was trying to figure out how best to talk about this without sounding like a complete fanboy because I love everything that level five has ever put out. Even white Knight Chronicles. I liked it just because I like what these people do with their storylines. But um, just off the bat, I think the hatred that this game is getting based on the fact that people think it's a kid's game is totally unjust. Yeah. It looks like a kid's game. It's got those cartoony style graphics. It's done by a animation studio 
but this is probably one of the most well-produced, well-put-together JRPGs I've played in a long time. Um, you, you play as a kid named Oliver. I finally understand the story, because before I had no fucking clue what it was about. So, you play as a little kid named Oliver, and he lives in what we would consider our modern world. And it's it, it looks like it's about the 1940s, 1950s, and... He's a single kid. His dad, they never really explain what happened to his dad. But um, his mother, he, he lives with his mom. And one night he sneaks out of the house to go do something with one of his friends. And they built a car and he ends up driving the car into the river. And his mom jumps in to save him. Well, make a long story short, his mom ends up dying. And Oliver kind of stumbles into this really deep depression and... That little Mr. Drippy character who's got the lantern hanging out of his nose, it's just kind of the main, another one of the main characters, is a stuffed animal in Oliver's bedroom, and some of the tears land on him, and he turns into this 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 fairy that we know as, as Mr. Drippy, and he explains this whole concept of there's this dark wizard, El Shadar, not El Shadar, um, Shadar, who is trying to destroy the world that that mr drippy comes from so the game runs on two parallel worlds they call it your world and our world and the the concept or how they go about intertwining the story is really cool because every person from oliver's world has a soulmate who's tied to them in the other world so what happens to him in one world directly affects him in the other world so mr drippy comes out and says that your mother, although she may be dead in this world, resembles a great sage from my world. And if you come and save our world and save your mother's soulmate, there may be a chance of you saving your mother. So he goes on this expedition to jump into this this other world, hence the name of the game, Nino Kuni, which stands for Another World. Um, you can jump back and forth between the, the two worlds and, and the way that they uh, kind of incorporate the storylines and stuff is 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 really neat. I don't I don't want to get too much more into the storyline cuz there's a lot of really cool plot points, but level 5 always deals with some really cool stuff. Like this game has themes of of child abuse and and family struggles and there's just a ton of really cool stuff in this game. It does sound like a kids game. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so without Matt here and without any like anybody just shitting all over oh, again. Sorry. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Right. Um um, Kevin and I are both have that JRPG background. Yes. And Matt clearly doesn't, right? Yes. Just because of the age he, he grew up in. I've played the game, and I've already gone on record to say, like, this game reminds me of the old JRPGs that I used to love. Yep. And even even that part that uh, that reminded me of Final, Final Fantasy VII. I just couldn't get over the <clears throat> the the art style. See, I think that's the one thing that unfortunately will turn a lot of people off. But the way that it yeah. is done, uh, Studio Ghibli was in charge of all of the animations for the game, not just the not just the movie cutscenes. Like the way that the characters move and interact, everything is just incredibly fluid. The way that you're you're interacting with the world around you, um, the art style itself is is something to be appreciated. Just like every game has its its own specific feel. Um, I feel like you can't necessarily write a game off simply on art style alone because in my opinion especially with this game you're you're missing out if you're especially if you're a jrpg fan you're missing out on on a truly well put together game yeah but it's sort of too bad the the demo did this game absolutely no justice just the 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 
the concepts and the things that you have to do within the game, yes, are kind of childish, kind of kiddie. Um, but then again, your character is a 10-year-old boy. We've played games before where you take the reins of a child, but um, the 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 game runs on kind of that, that whole whimsical feel. It's it's meant to be like that. So if you kind of get over that and, and immerse yourself in it, there's just there's a ton of cool stuff. Like different characters in the world will be really down and depressed. And what Shadar does is he goes around and he steals pieces of people's hearts. So he makes them more lethargic. They get they they become angry or there's a whole gamut of of, of things that lethargic. Yeah. They they become I don't know. However you want to describe it, but if you stumble upon these people, you can accept a quest to help them regain that lost part of their heart. So you have to go find somebody else in the world who has an excess of of courage. So and you can take some of their courage and give it to this other person and and it kind of balances it, it balances everything out in the end. And those are some side quests that that you can do. I mean, again, you don't have to do any of it, but uh so how does how does a ten year old boy fare in combat? The combat system is really interesting because it does my the the limited experience I have with the Pokemon universe. I think it's like what Pokemon would be, where you can have you have Oliver and then he has what are called familiars, and you can have up to three of them with you at any given time, and you can switch between. Oliver and the three familiars and and each has their own specialties in battle but the way that I've been playing and I think the way that it's meant to be played is that Oliver is just kind of there for casting healing spells and occasional fire spells and and stuff like that and then you can drop in your your tank familiar who will go out there and they each have a stamina bar so you can't just leave your familiar out there forever because he'll run out of stamina so you have to force if the game forces you to switch which characters you're using. So you can either switch back to Oliver and, and, and run around, avoid the attacks, heal yourself up, or you can flip over to another familiar. But as you get further in the game, you get another main character. She can have three familiars with her, so you can effectively have eight people to switch between in battle at any given time. And So, but for the most part, it's like Oliver or one of his familiars and then the the other main character and one of hers. So it's like there's at, at, controlling... At any given time, there's only two characters attacking because if you throw out a yeah if you throw out a familiar oliver is is that takes the place of oliver uh when i was playing i don't i remember thinking to myself like oh that sucks i'm after i choose this one uh one familiar i'm stuck with them because i couldn't figure out how to change them yeah they they give you the tutorial in this game is very very lengthy i think I'm still at the part, I'm probably eight or nine hours in, and when you come across something new, they still give you a tutorial for how to uh, how to utilize it. So the first three hours of the game are pretty tutorial heavy, you know, aside from the storyline and stuff, but they go through a very in-depth tutorial of the combat, and it's very fluid. It's just tapping L1 and selecting a new character, and you're on your way. It's, it's pretty seamless, mm. but um, I'm, I'm really enjoying the combat. It does actually get very very intricate because you have to look for different cues from the bosses when they're going to attack. And there's some devastating attacks that can kill you in one hit. So if you have a familiar out who can't defend, you have to pop back to Oliver who can defend and hope you can select your defend, uh, defend skill in time. Otherwise you're fucked. Yeah. I remember 
I remember that. Like I, I missed the def- uh, I wouldn't put the defend command on, and then the guy, the the bad guy, did his thing, and yeah, it would completely like wipe out your your energy. Well, you can control, you can semi control the other people at the same time. Like the the other girl, you can give her tactics, like say just support us, go all out, use only familiars, don't use abilities. So there's a lot of depth to the combat system. I think a lot more than people realize. They think it's just going to be your typical attack magic item run away mm-hmm. um and as you progress in the game you can you can tame more familiars and then you can upgrade your familiars they can metamorph into higher level characters you can give them different skills so there's there's a lot of stuff to do in the battle system it's it's more than just your typical rpg combat how do you collect familiars when you you can't start collecting new familiars till about eight hours into the game, and yeah, it's this is another childish aspect. When you defeat a certain bot or a certain enemy, it can be absolutely any character out there in the world. Um, if you beat them and hearts start popping up above their head, you have a couple seconds to switch to the girl character, and she can serenade them and kind of lull them into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never mind. That's awesome. So you can only keep so many familiars on you at any given time. So then there's a place called the familiar retreat where you can send them off to and you can swap out at any save point. You can swap out your familiars and and uh, whoa, there's actually save points. There are. That's that's kicking it old school. And the only place you can save are at those save points or if you're out on the world map. Yeah, just like just like old old RPGs. No, they're little save stones. But let me tell you something. That world map is incredible. It's in, this game is huge. Uh, that first little segment that they showed in the demo, where you're walking around in the rolling hills, is probably one fifth of the entire map. It's just absolutely enormous. And um, I haven't gotten any other modes of transportation right now. But if you watch through the opening scene in the game, it shows. You can get a sailboat later in the game to go to different continents, and then even further in the game, you can get a dragon to fly around on. So, <laughs> slammy. It's just the the different areas that you can go to are just like the art direction in this game is second to none. And you're coming from Studio Ghibli, who's no stranger to amazing looking it's, environments. It's unfortunate that I'm letting that get in the way, but like. I honestly think, and I'm not just saying this because I really like the game, the game does have some downfalls. I don't like how heavy-handed the childish aspect is, but I'm willing to put that aside because I like good JRPGs, and this game is, the storyline is incredible. I mean, within the first 10 minutes of the game, it has you emotionally hooked on this storyline, and you're personally invested in Oliver and what he's setting out to do. And and Mr. Drippy, that Scottish guy who initially kind of rubbed me the wrong way, he just ends up stealing the show. I mean, he's he's hilarious. Because you, you said in the first 10 minutes or so, it, it gets you emotionally invested. Can you give that away without spoiling anything? Or Well, I already did. It's it's what happens with his mother. Oh, and it's, yeah, I, that, she dies, Yeah, right? it's not a spoiler. It's... it's, it's yeah, because you mentioned that earlier. Yeah, that's the, the, the driving force behind him going on this adventure because he wants to save his mother. And if you take yourself if you put yourself in his shoes and realize that, you know, th- this is why he's doing this, then the game becomes infinitely more fun rather than saying, "Well, that's stupid. I wouldn't do that." It's like, "No, you wouldn't because you're 27 years old. This kid's 10." You know, if you if you assume 
the role of Oliver. It's it's really cool because you come across some situations in the game where if something's not right in the other world, you have to go back to your world and find the character whose soulmate that is. Like one of the the very first um, the very first person or the king that you meet is is a giant cat. They do they do a lot of puns and and play on words with things like the. Uh, the weapon shop is a crow shop and the building is shaped like a crow and the owner is a crow and he uses a lot of play on words like raven and 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 it's just you know you got to be raven mad to not buy stuff at these prices so yeah it's it's a little <laughs> it's a little goofy but um the 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 king this this huge cat that they call your meowjesty which you know it's 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 childish it's fun <laughs> Something happens with him, so you have to go back into your world, and it ends up that this cat's soulmate is your aunt's cat in the game, and and things that happen in the other worlds correlate with each other. So it's just really neat. I'm really drawn in by the whimsical nature of it. Yeah, I'll admit, it feels like a, a, a child's game, but it's not in the least bit. Kevin. Oliver. Um, not 10-year-old Oliver. I, I alluded to it before, but we have that JRPG background. Does this game appeal to you at all? He's kind of selling me on it. Wow. I might pick it up. Let me, we'll see. Let me, let me tell you one thing, too. The, have you played any past level 5 games? Like Dark Cloud 2, uh, Rogue Galaxy, Dragon Quest Eight, Journey of the Curse King? I played Dark Cloud 1. Okay, that was not level 5. But I did not like where Dark Cloud 2 took that story. No. Because Dark Cloud 1 was way better than Dark Cloud 2. Yeah, but, okay, the the way that kind of the game is broken down, there's, there's a couple, you've got your overworld, you've got your towns, and then you've got your, what I guess you could compare to dungeon segments. And the the dungeon segments are where you can really see where the environments in this game come alive. A lot of these games will just have like either pre-rendered backgrounds or they'll just have really shitty rendered bushes, which are just, you know, your traditional flat 2D object crossed with another flat 2D object to give it the illusion of being 3D. But everything in this game is is fully rendered, fully 3D, and it's just, this is, this it's easily one of the best looking RPGs I've played. I would. So, are you telling me I should go buy a 3D TV? No, it's not 3D TV. It's I'm saying that oh. the, the the items within the world are fully rendered out in 3D, rather than being a cheap knockoff of 2D on 2D stuff. So, so this game isn't 3D. I don't think so. I don't. I didn't see the giant 3D thing. E- even if it was, I would not play it in 3D. I've had a 3D TV for three years, and I think I've used it twice. So, I don't know. I, I don't want to keep just beating a dead horse with it because I really like this game. And I know that I've I've convinced quite a few other people to play it because every time I pop on my friends list on PSN, I see at least five people playing it. So, and... What's the feedback? Everybody that's... that's there were some people that were really on board with this before I even started talking about it. But some people are like, you turned me on this. This game's fantastic. So... I don't know. Give it a try. If you like JRPGs, give it a try. I just don't don't sell yourself short because you can't get over the the cell shaded graphics. 
I'm sorry, uh, Eric. It's it's that's the biggest barrier for me. And I I see that. I re- I, just, I respect that. But I just like I just uh, and like with the with the ten year old as the main character. My main I, I like my main character to be. I I don't know. I just I feel like I like them to be like. Older, maybe a little facial hair, an eye patch, <laughs> maybe well, just, amphibious just in so nature. Virtuous. Not so virtuous as like a Link, as a, as a, who else? A Mario, as yeah, I, I like I like a little bit of but a little bit of like struggle with my main character but there there is that's the thing i i, I can't there i can't is. give away a lot of the the plot points because that ruins some of the surprises and yeah. i i just can't get behind a game like this like it goes beyond like the main character it's it's, it's the presentation of it i don't i really <sighs> don't like i know i know and i'm probably upsetting you so much no i i understand <laughs> but... why it's just that like like Eads, I know he's just being belligerent about it to be belligerent. Yeah. You know, I, I I honestly feel like if you were to to pick this game up and play it for ten hours or so, or even for five, you would be absolutely hooked in. Especially if you like JRPGs. That's also tough because yeah, I do like I did like JRPGs, and I'm sort of looking for that one to like just draw me back, and this could be it. But unfortunately, there's, there's a real big barrier there for me. But I feel like that's an easier barrier to get over than others. Like trying to dive yeah. into a new genre altogether. For sure. Like um, when uh, I think Final Fantasy thirteen two, which one's the one that just came out thirteen two? Thirteen two. They had a demo on the PSN, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this because it's a Final Fantasy game, and I'm re- I'm just constantly Ugh. looking for that play- thing that to put to pull me back. And yeah, I tried this demo, and I had no fucking clue what was happening. And that was because of, like the combat, the yeah, the combat, and that's that's an even bigger barrier for me to jump back into those games. Well, you can't but, consider yeah. Final Fantasy thirteen and thirteen two to be a traditional JRPG. No, I mean this no. one. This one is wholeheartedly diving back into the roots of the genre. You have your very clear and present overworld. You've got different towns. You've got different continents that you're going to be able to travel to via walking boat airship it's it is a jrpg the only thing that they've adjusted and and done away with is the traditional jrpg combat system where it's just you standing here your enemy standing there you sift through a menu to 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 funnel your attacks it's got everything that you want like buying weapons upgrading your weapons uh, upgrading your familiars with with armor weapons and different spells and leveling it's a very deep game there is a lot of stuff to this game can i buy it on the psn network yes and you save six dollars doing so i may buy it right after the show <laughs> i like i i i say do that because i think you'll enjoy it but i also would you know like to hear your your feedback on it because you've never come out and you'd be like, oh, fucking dumb, it looks stupid. It's... But the the greatest part is, if I do buy it... And hate it? No, no. We will get to talk about it next week... Yeah. ...with Matt. Yeah. And his whole point of missing the show today <laughs> will be screwed. His real point was to not talk about Nino Kuni. Yeah. <laughs> I, I for me, I feel like after March, after Tomb Raider, 
And before like Grand Theft Auto comes, there's like I think there's not much to play after Tomb Raider. So I will either pick up this or fucking Demon Souls. So it's gonna be Oh god, don't put me in that position. It's gonna be your duty <laughs> to Which to, one to me in which way. Fuck. But you think on that for a bit. Yeah. I I actually thought about this when I was getting ready to go pick up Nino Kuni because I saw that it was going to be on the PSN for downloadable. And I, I thought about getting it digital, but, um, and I thought about you with that and, and my one main complaint, and I, I don't know why it took me so long to, to formulate this into a cognitive thought was I don't like digital games because I've got a buddy in town that we like to go over and show him different games and, you can't do that without lugging your whole system over there. So right there for me, that's a deal breaker on digital download. Uh, Plus the game probably would have been 32 gigs. I don't feel like dealing with that. So Kev, I would say, yeah, I would say buy it. If you've got 54 bucks kicking around, get it. I I do have 54 bucks kicking around. Give it a shot. Just, just sitting all Sin. reckless. Sin wait. I feel like you haven't made any reckless... Well, wait, you bought Game of Thrones. Fuck. <laughs> I feel like you haven't made any good reckless decisions. I don't remember which one we use. Oh, well. Let's use this one. What are you looking at? Uh, let's kick it into new releases. That's what I'm going to say. You got nothing to talk about? I have played nothing this you played week. You played nothing? I played League. I played some... Uh, NBA Jam on Fire Edition. I got one more game I want to talk about. Oh shit! Go ahead. I've been I have been uh, pimping this on Twitter a little bit. I played the Unfinished Swan. That came that that got a discount on the PSN. I was thinking of picking it that up as well. It was three seventy five, and I said, you know what? Surely this can't be any worse than Journey. And yeah, I played through the entire thing in one sitting, and that game is infinitely better than journey it's a stellar game and see i like journey oh fuck that game that game was so dumb oh, man that game was that game wasn't even worth eads bringing his ps3 over for yeah watching eric play that game it was just there was wow. no experience in that game like my the only thing i experienced in that game was boredom and wanting it to be over and matt yelling at you for playing it wrong yeah so how come you haven't gone to get that that scarf over there? Why don't you go get that scarf? Yeah. Fuck you, man. I, I'm the only one that had a positive reaction to that game, man. Yeah, po- probably. Uh, so, okay, tell me about Unfinished Swan. In a nutshell, Unfinished Swan, they really never did a whole lot to explain what this game was other than a giant white world that you throw paint on. Yeah. And Sort of reminded me of Epic Mickey. Yeah. When they drop you into the game, uh, this game, unlike Journey, actually has a a point to it and they make the point kind of apparent um in a nutshell the, you play as a kid named monroe who lived with his mother who was an artist but she never finished any paintings she died he had to go to an orphanage and he could only bring one picture with him and he picked the picture called the unfinished swan so he was in the orphanage one night and he woke up and the painting was gone and there was a new door on his wall that he'd never seen before so he walked through the door and you're into this giant white world you cannot see anything and the only buttons that you can use are your, the shoulder buttons, L1 and uh, L2, R1 and R2, and the X button to jump. So your shoulder buttons just throw paint, 
and there's just little globs you throw out, and it, it splatters and kind of reveals the the path or what's around you in the world. And initially, that really threw me off. So, like, if the whole friggin' game is going to be like this, I don't want to have to be stumbling my way through this. Like, this is truly what it feels like to be blind. I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just throwing paint everywhere, and I don't know what the hell is going on. But as you go through it, th- this narrator pops up and um, gives you tidbits of story, as well as there are these pieces of parchment taped to the wall in certain areas, and they're highlighted by a giant gold letter that if you throw paint on them, it reveals even more of the story about this king who owns this kingdom that you're in and how he went through this whole process of, of not being happy with everything, so he painted everything white. And as you progress through the game, um, the, the, the world comes into more view. Like you step into the next section of the game that he started painting shadows on everything. So now you can kind of see the outlines of the world, like the shadows that the stairs are giving off or that the doorway is giving off. And uh, as you get further into the game, more of the world starts to come into view and, and you start getting sucked into the story of who this king is and why was he doing what he did and how is this king related to the little boy. It's pretty neat. Um... It's pretty neat, Oliver. It's pretty neat. <laughs> three seventy five for three seventy five. She... For three seventy five, you absolutely cannot go wrong. If you paid fifteen dollars for Journey and liked it, you'll pay three seventy five for Unfinished Swan and like it. How long? You say you you finished in one sitting? Two hours, maybe. But it's one of those games. I've played through it twice now. Right. Yeah, I, as soon as I was done, I started over again because there are toys that you can get like. You can you can buy a fire hose, so you don't have to keep tapping R1. It'll just pistol fire all your, your paintballs out. Or um, it'll give you a radar, because there are little balloons hidden throughout the world. And some of them are really apparent, like this pink balloon hiding off in the distance. You have to find a way to hit it with your paintball. Other ones are pure white, and you can't see them unless you throw paint on the wall and then like manipulate the camera to show the balloon against the black wall. So some of them are really, really hidden. And... I went through because I wanted to collect all these balloons so I could unlock the rest of the <laughs> chapters and the toys. And um, It's really cool. They do a lot of really neat stuff. There gets to be a part later in the game that kind of feels a little bit like Portal. And, you know, you're building boxes and jumping through different different windows that take you to a different area. But, again, it's really, really whimsical. You're playing as a kid, so if that turns you off... Um, <laughs> I don't know. 375, you can't, you can't go wrong. It's infinitely better than journey in every way oh yeah i I saw that discount i'm like uh that that sounds like a price point i could get behind yeah i bought that and then i accidentally bought my fourth copy of psychonauts this past week so that was available too i was thinking of that 250 why do you keep why do you keep buying more copies of psychonauts fucking love that game but I've got a. You don't have to keep buying. I've got a copy on PS2. I've got a copy on Xbox. I got a copy on Steam, and now oh. I got a copy on PSN. I used to have three <laughs> copies of it on PS2. I'm like, that's a little much. That's with uh, Drogan, right? Dugan. Dugan, yeah. That game's so good for two seventy five on or two fifty on that game. Come on, one of the best platformers you can buy. So. That was I played a lot of games this week, but those were the yeah, highlights. Play a lot of games. Uh, Kevin, nothing. 
Uh, yeah, not really. How did those European League championships go? I can talk to one person about League of Legends, not two. <laughs> I actually, when uh, I was there, I didn't mind watching League with Kevin because I knew that he wasn't super ignorant about it. Whoa, hey, I resent that. <laughs> I am just as ignorant as the, the rest of the League community. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, it was good. There was uh, some interesting... Interesting plays being made. Now, do you watch it as as if you're like watching sports? Like you have a favorite player, and like uh, oh, I yeah, do have I have, I have this guy. And, oh well, my god, this, what a this, big upset! This was uh, the the whole thing with the qualifiers is there was the season two championships, and every team in the season two championships was invited to the the league that they're starting up for season three, and in season three it's going to be weekly tournaments. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, every week is going to be like a tournament. And that's going to be a lot of league to watch, but I think I can do it. Uh, Saturday night, actually, or no, Friday. Yeah, Friday, after going to work all day and then getting home, I stayed up all night and watched until like 9 in the morning because... Because it started at uh, one, in, or it started at two in the morning. I thought it was going to start at one, but turns out I got my time zones a little bit backwards, and it started at two. So that kind of sucked. But yeah, I managed to stay up for for ninety percent of it. I, I did fall asleep a couple times, but managed to stay up for most of it. And there was some pretty crazy stuff. Hmm. Uh, I could talk about it, but you guys It'd be, have no. It idea would be completely lost on me. Although I did, exactly. I did gain a new appreciation for people who watch that because when I was was there watching it with you, I asked the the question of, "Don't you ever get tired of watching this because it's the same shit over and over?" To which you replied, "Well, don't you ever get tired of watching football games because it's the same thing over and over?" And like that just put the it put it into perspective for me. Like, yeah, if you're interested in this, it's you can see what they're doing differently and. And why people would like this, so yeah, I mean, when uh, when they had the season two championships, I had a bunch of people over and we were drinking and we were making bets on the games and yeah, that I can appreciate, yeah, I can just, understand that. It's just fun times. Hmm. But yeah, I actually went uh, Tuesday night. I went out uh, and played squash for the first time ever. How'd that go? Uh, Puffin or what? That game is a lot of running. I don't it's know. Tons of running. <laughs> But uh, Back and forth. It's, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I started off, uh, the guy that I went with, he's played a couple times before. He's a lot better than I was. But I started off with, like, coming out of nowhere with a killer serve. And he's like, what? Well, you've played before, right? I'm like, no, it's the first time. Because I was, I was serving it. Because the way you got to do it. like Wii Tennis. Yeah, there's, tennis. there's three lines. There's the bottom line on the back wall. And if you hit below that line, it doesn't count. And then there's a line in the middle, and you have to hit above that line and the top line for your serve, and then it has to bounce back and go over top of one of the lines on the floors. And uh, the, the tech is to hit it off the ball on your serve and then off of the side wall and then just barely graze over top of the line just so that cuz the closer the ball is to the wall the harder it is to return. So I my my serve started off where I was just bang just right into that sweet spot every time. Nice. And he's like, "Well, this is bullshit. How do you know how to serve like this?" I'm like, "Oh, I don't know." 
And then we played just rally, rally for a little while to get get the hang of it. And then we started to play a game, and I just totally lost my serve. Like, not <laughs> not even hitting it into the wall and then just going straight to the guy. Like, I mean, throwing the ball up, swinging at it with my racket, and just missing the ball. <laughs> like, 10 or 15 times in a row. Every time. And then I would, I would just get so angry, and then I just didn't want to play anymore. I'm yeah, like, this is so- bullshit. How is that like? Is it is that similar to racquetball? Uh, I believe the only difference is the size of the ball. I think yeah. I maybe. think that's the only, and something to do with the number of times it can bounce. I'm not too sure what the difference is. Because I used are. to just go into the the university racquetball courts and just hit it as hard as I could, screaming. Just a good place <laughs> to let out rage. Good old Eric trolling even in racquetball. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we actually, because he goes to U of A, which is the university in Edmonton here, and uh, just going to campus for, because it's been a long time since I've been to campus. I've been out of school for six or seven years now, maybe longer. But damn, university chicks is still fine. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> you keep getting older, they stay the same age. <laughs> yeah, that's the best part. <laughs> that's funny dude but yeah I think uh, I think I might go back next week play some more cool yeah get, get a little bit of activity when's the last time you did some activity uh, last Tuesday well before Tuesday <laughs> uh, you know I don't know Quite a long time. It's, it's tough right it's just it's so much easier you get home from work and and that's part of the reason why it was good because I went straight from work to mm. pick him up and then we went to play. Yeah. Like if I would have came home, had something to eat, I probably would have been like, yeah, you know, I'm just not feeling it. Because yeah. it's tough, man. After you get off a, a long eight hour, nine hours at work, you don't you don't really want to go out and do anything. No, I, I hear I hear that. Yeah, good for you. That's that's cool. Racquetball. That's that's a weird sport though. Like for you to just jump into. Yeah. I gotta get a new pair of shoes though, because my shoes don't have a lot of. I know. See, I was gonna compliment you on your new shoes over there. Those are no those good. are the ones that I brought. Yeah, no good. No, no good. Oh. Not not for racquetball or nice. for squash at least. Nice. So yeah, that's that's what I played this week. Squash. Squash. <laughs> game of real life. Yes. Would you play a squash video game with the PlayStation Move? I think you would have to do it with the Move or like the Wii U or something. Yes. Actually, yeah, some something like that because actually no, I think that would be completely impossible to on a programming area. Like from a programming standpoint, to design that game would probably be totally batshit impossible. Why? Really, it's like, like a tennis sort of engine. Yeah, it's a ball. You enclo- give it physics. Enclose them in like a... Yeah, but... Like a... You, well, because you have to enclose it, right? Yeah. Because it's in a room. So then, yeah, then the physics just sort of works itself out. A moving ball I mean, inside I, a box. I <laughs> guess if you just... If you didn't have a person and you just had like a little cursor that you could move around and then swing... Because it, the only way to logistically do it would be to just have a top-down so you could see where the ball bounced. Because what happens if oh, the ball goes I, behind you? Does I the camera think. instantly flip around? Or Oh, yeah. Does does the camera saying. always just follow the So maybe the ball? you have to couple it with the PlayStation Move and the Kinect, and it can figure out when you're turning around. Cross-platform? Yeah. Well, well no, you would have to... 
you would have to have the PSI and the PlayStation move together so that the eye is looking at you. And when you turn around, you have to have the the eye for the move anyway. You'd have to have four TVs and you'd have to have your PlayStation hooked up to all four TVs. You have to build yourself a wall, a box of your TVs, and then you stand in the middle and play. It's probably why there's no... Yeah, that's probably why there's no squash simulators for any of the systems. Shit. Well, I guess that's it. New releases? Do it. Yeah, let's do some new releases. You know, I have noticed something. When Matt's on the show, we tend to talk a whole lot more. Yeah. Because it's him usually yeah, screaming at us. Talk. We let each other talk and we're civil about things yeah. and not childish. <laughs> hmm. I can just imagine Strange. what my Nino Cooney conversation would have been like with him. <laughs> Fuck that game. Conversation next week. <laughs> Fuck that. that game. Just go dumb. get that game in a daycare? God. <laughs> All right, so new releases. Kevin, you Yeah, this is you guys. Uh, coming out this week, new releases January 27th, week of January 27th. Uh, for PC, Dungeon Land, uh, some sort of game <laughs> about Dungeon Lands. Uh, Xbox, PC, PS3, Heavy Fire, Shattered Spear, looks like a Call of Duty clone. Uh, the Hitman HD Trilogy on Xbox 360 and PS3. Sonic and All-Stars Racing Transformed for the PC. Skulls of the Shotgun, I, looks okay, like... Let, sorry, let's stop there. I remember you guys tried this game at E3, you and Matt. Eric. Yeah. You guys tried this game at E3, and you said you guys were pleasantly surprised by it's it. It's good. It's, it's... There's a demo on the PS3, and I played it uh, maybe last week. I don't really get what you, why you guys were... Well, compare it to the original Sonic and All-Stars Racing... This is no. Yeah, that that original was trash. But I mean, it's a Sonic racing yeah, game. I mean, Why wouldn't you just play Mario Kart? Take it for what it's worth. It's 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 yeah. not terrible like you would expect a Sonic game to be. Hey, what Sonic games are good. I love the Sonic games. I grew up with Sonic games, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, uh, I was definitely in a minority camp. Skulls of the Shotgun on Xbox 360. I don't know what that is. Uh, Oliver's next purchase on the Vita coming in here. Let's Fish Hooked On combines realistic fishing action with fast arcade style gameplay. And cutesy anime girls. And cutesy anime girls Oof. who may or may not be of age. Yeah. Uh, Bloody Vampire for the 3DS. Before you go on, I can't wait for the hentai fanfiction of Let's Fish. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, blah, blah, blah. A game called Chrono Tales. Uh, 3D MMORPG online games. I don't know what it's about, but it says Chrono in it, so I'm just thinking it's got to be like a Chrono Trigger MMO. No... Chrono yeah, is just a be. word uh, referring to the word time. Uh, it has to do with Chrono Trigger and Chrono Cross and all those no. games. This game on Vita called Chrono Bolt. Yeah, it's sort of like, just like Chrono Yeah, you're rolling Trigger, a ball around. That's... Spin-off, yeah, spin-off <laughs> ball rolling. That's pretty much all that's coming out. Anything else is probably just trash. Yeah, week, week, a week, week this week. 
Well, after games go. after the amazingness that was Nino Cooney last week, I mean, yeah, nobody wants to nobody wants to release anything. I bet you everybody who has sent me hate messages on Twitter about that probably probably bought it. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt it. Should we go for break? Uh, yeah, let's uh, stop and go for break, and uh, when we come back, we'll talk about some news and some emails. Wait, do we? Oh, Eric's got to handle the emails, yeah. right? He has he has access. I'm not going to that screen them account. until we get to it. I gotta yeah. I gotta uphold the standard that Matt's created. Yeah. Actually, I think Matt screened it last week. I think he bitched out like a little I'm going. Bitch. I'm going no screen. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, talk to you guys in a bit. We got some news, news to talk about. News. There's, there, there's actually one big piece of news that kind of happens to uh, tie in with the rest of the show. There's actually been a huge debacle around Nino Cooney, believe it or not. And uh, no, okay, no, I'm just going on the story. I'll ask my question. Okay, so through GameStop, Walmart, Best Buy, whatever, they did not offer a collector's edition for this. Instead. Club Namco had an edition called the Wizards Edition that they were pre-ordering months and months and months ago. And it initially was kind of bare bones, and they said the more people we get to pre-order this, the more stuff we'll add into it. So by the by the time the pre-orders, the first round of pre-orders closed, it was up to uh, the game, a, a full 400-page Wizards companion, which is a book in the game that as you walk around and collect stuff, new pages will be added to that, like side stories and maps and, and spells and everything like that. So you get an actual copy of that. You get a couple of the stuffed animals. You get a map, the soundtrack, and a bunch of other cool stuff. So everybody was was really excited about that, so they opened up pre-orders for a second run, and those sold out really quick. Come last Tuesday... Everybody who was in the second run of the pre-orders didn't get their Wizards edition. Instead, they got emails from Club Namco saying, "Unfortunately, we are not able to fulfill your pre-order for the Nino Kuni Wizards edition. We have refunded your money. Sorry for any inconvenience." So they just they just like not even like it's being delayed for like production or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because this is a this like, is no, a one-run thing. So people are like, "Wow, well, you know that that kind of sucks," and it wouldn't have really made any difference if. The Wizards editions had not started showing up on mass on eBay for five hundred dollars a piece, four to five hundred dollars a pop, from a company called Play Canada, and yeah, I read yep, this. apparently Play Canada had a huge stockpile of these things that they somehow predicted that this this Wizards edition was going to be really rare and highly sought after, so they. 
they stocked up on a few hundred of them and are selling them at a super high premium. So people got really upset about it and said, Club Namco's got to be in on this. They probably gave all of our pre-orders to Play Canada for uh, a portion of the the proceeds that they make above and beyond the $100. And everybody's getting all up in arms about this because they wanted their collector's editions. So Club Namco issued a statement basically saying, we are not in cahoots with Play Canada. Uh, they ordered during the initial pre-order run where we did not set a limit on how much you could pre-order. Um, unfortunately, the issue came with a glitch in, with our e-commerce and the orders were never placed. And in lieu of you not getting your collector's edition, here's a $20 gift certificate to the Club Namco store and a collector's edition of the guide. And that's how they tried to justify it. So a lot of people got screwed out of something they really wanted. What's uh, what's the what's the internet feeling about this? About like the fix? They're not obviously. they're not happy about it because most people that were going to get the Wizards edition, it was only hundred dollars, which it came with a lot of stuff for a hundred bucks. So if you were one of those people that pre-ordered it and you didn't get it, you had a hundred dollars to put towards this game. So most people would go out and buy the game and then the collector's guide. And if Namco is going to be sending you another collector's guide, what you know people are like, this is this really isn't a an appropriate fix to the the situation a lot of people are saying well why can't you just do another run of this and um i guess my my issue with it is that play canada is really taking advantage of the situation and they yeah why don't they just rerun a whole bunch of them to to reduce the value of the the ones play canada is trying to yeah, because if they wanted to say, you know what, we're not in cahoots with these guys. Here, let's prove it by printing a whole bunch more collector's editions and totally devaluing yeah. the ones that these guys stockpiled on. Yeah, I'm not sure how long something like that would take if they could even do it. They didn't they didn't even address that. So It's not like they broke the mold no. after after printing like Nino Kuni Wizards edition. Yeah. I I don't know. I just have a huge issue with people that are uh, knowingly taking advantage of others' misfortunes. Like, the prices started to skyrocket after the news came out that the second pre-order run got canceled. So Play Canada's like, oh, hey, guess what? You're going to pay $400 for this now. And what's irritating is that people were actually purchasing them. Oh, oh yeah, they were selling well, it's, like mad. It's, it's... it's the same thing, though, because in Canada we have... All of the, I don't know if you guys have them in the States, but pretty much if you want to get tickets to a concert or a sporting event, you have to go through a, a company called Ticketmaster. Yeah. And uh, there's an online website, which is a subsidiary of Ticketmaster that buys tickets from Ticketmaster. And it's actually illegal in Canada to sell a ticket above. for above the printed value on the ticket. Oh, really? So, and it's to combat scalping and stuff like yeah. that. But, I mean, nobody actually... How are they going to enforce that law? Like, exactly. Nobody enforces it. But the thing is, there's a company, I don't, and I don't remember what they're called. And even if I did remember, I wouldn't even put out their name because they're all douchebags. Mm -hmm. And what they do is they're, they're a subsidiary of Ticketmaster, and they buy tickets to concerts and sporting events that they know are going to sell out from Ticketmaster. And then they put them on their website for exorbitant prices like four or five times the markup and it's it's a known fact that these guys are owned by Ticketmaster. And really 
no, nobody does anything uh, about it. That's shitty. I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah. See, I yeah, that happens down here too. Do people scalp up tickets and stuff like that? But when it comes to a situation like this, the the only reason they're going for that price is because they're now considered rare. And I could understand if the game were fifteen years old, like a copy of Earthbound, that's earned its right to cost a hundred dollars. That's a game. A little bit of a side when you said it's. It's shitty that you won't play a game because because of like, the, the kid that the protagonist is a kid. I was I was quickly thinking about Earthbound because I really like that game. Yeah, <laughs> Earthbound was really really weird game when it came out. It was. It was it like, came in the big box. Yeah. Why did it come in a big box? I'm not Didn't sure. Didn't have a giant strategy guide in the box too. Is that right? No, I'm pretty sure it was just a giant box, and then inside that box was the regular game case. And then that had the instruction manual inside wow. it. Wow. Yeah, I remember seeing those on the I, shelf at Walmart. I'm like, that game looks fucking stupid. It's like, well, I wish I would have bought I that. I was all over that game. Yeah. I've never played it. It's it's a Squaresoft game. I've heard good things about it. I've never played yeah. it. Though. Yeah, it's, it sort of broke away from the whole... Uh, See, right um, there. If you liked Earthbound, you're probably... I'm not going to make that. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I know how well... It broke away from the, the standard RPG trappings yeah. where you're you're some hero, some like uh, prophesized hero, and you're fighting like goblins and ghouls and stuff, where this in Earthbound, you're like a group of kids. You uh, just... Going to play dodgeball, or but you see, there, there, therein, you have just invalidated your argument for not wanting to play Nino Kuni. I was a fucking kid back then. So what's wrong with <laughs> what's wrong better. with harkening back to your childhood from now and from time to time? I don't know. Oh well. So yeah, the 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 whole <laughs> Nino Kuni debacle. I haven't heard anything else about it. Sucks for those people. I'm kind of pissed at myself for not pre-ordering it when it first came up for pre-order. Because I'm like, well, you talked about it, and that's why. That's why when I read the story, I'm like, oh, I hope Eric didn't get caught up in yeah, this. I, you did end up I, I did not it? end up pre-ordering it. Um, I really, really wanted to, but at the time, I didn't have a hundred dollars to drop on a game, and a, like it, at the time, it only had a game, the soundtrack, and two stuffed animals. So this is before it had the Wizards edition or the uh, the, the the Wizard book in there, and and some other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um. I would have been on board if it was just the game and two stuffed animals. Hundred bucks; those are expensive stuffed animals. Yeah, twenty bucks each. Sixty. Game sixty. Yeah, twenty bucks each. Yeah, so kind of sucks for those people, but hopefully, hopefully Namco will uh, come around. I think that's the thing they have to do. They have to say that they're not in the hoots. They, they did. Guy. They put out an official oh. announcement. Sure. But. Yeah. Our official statement is we are not in cahoots with these guys, but no. we totally aren't going to do anything yeah. about it. Nintendo had some good news this week. Well, I guess as, as good as you can get from Nintendo. They announced at this year's E3 there's going to be a new 3D Mario playable in all its glory. Which, if you're still a fan of Mario, it should be good news, I guess. Um, alongside the new Mario Kart, which... I don't know about you guys, but I'm kind of bored on Mario Kart. I was bored of Mario a long time ago. Yeah. By the time Galaxy came out. I never played Galaxy or Galaxy 2, but I mean, Mario 64 was awesome. Yeah. Mario 64 was awesome. Mario Sunshine was pretty good, too. I don't know. 
They also announced like a bunch of Legend of Zelda stuff. Yeah, they said they... that the new true Zelda game is is taking a lot longer than anticipated, so they wanted to find a way to tied people over till that came out so they decided to do an hd remake of the wind waker which they showed some some screens of it and it looks okay is a new true zelda that's coming out that they're talking about the one they showed um i don't think they've shown anything from the new one yeah i don't think they have either i eh, don't i remember seeing like an hd picture of link I thought that was when they did the Super Smash Brothers on the Wii. Oh, okay. Never mind then. I don't think they've released... They they haven't even teased anything about the new one, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. Uh, Perhaps the biggest news this week, the THQ auction finally happened. THQ is no more. I guess they're still kind of a company getting things sorted out, but they are no longer a publisher. Which kind of sucks because THQ has some great franchises. Well, it's not like they're, they're, those franchises died with THQ. No, so I I don't remember what day it was, but did you follow the auctions as they were happening? No, I just read like sort of the aftermath. The only one I was even remotely interested in was the auction of Volition. They're the ones that made the Saints Row series and my beloved yeah. Red Faction game. Um, but I was hoping it would go to a bigger name studio, like possibly uh, Rockstar. I was hoping they would pick that up and then put their own spin on Saints Row. But then it doesn't really make sense because they have their Grand Theft Auto. Well, yeah, they wouldn't do it because they have Grand Theft Auto. Or they could have just bought it and, and shut down the Saints Row series and had a complete monopoly on the market. But uh, a little company called Koch Media, they did Risen and Dead Island. They picked up Volition, which... Is that right? I'm not sure if that's right. What? Is that right? Koch... I thought I thought a bigger, uh, bigger. Is at last reporting, uh, Koch Media picked up Volition. Huh. I don't. So did it uh, when you were following the? Did you find out what kind of prices these things went yes. for? Yes. I saw a news story that where it said prices. I think I think uh, Volition went for like 235. No. 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 Yeah. No. I'm looking. Hold yeah. on. I'm looking at it right now. Koch Media offers twenty two point three million for Volition and five point eight for four A games Metro. Something went for two hundred thirty five million. I got to look for this. Koch Media is the parent company of Deep Silver, so you might recognize that developing name again. THQ. Let's let's look. I don't remember how much some of this stuff went for. Kevin, you gotta you gotta fill. Yeah, Phil, with what? I don't know. You got to fill, but we're both looking at stories because I'm pretty sure I read what I read. All right, well, uh, you heard here first uh, the Volition shit went for $728 billion. Talk, talk about how we're actually that Canada corporation that bought here we go. the Eno uh, you Cooney know, Collector's Edition. I got it right here. Homefront went for $500 million, the Homefront franchise. Is that what went for fucking... What the hell is Homefront? I've and never that even went heard to Crytek. Call of Duty. Call of Duty. Oh, Call of Duty. Ubisoft, I've played Call of Duty. Ubisoft picked up uh, the New South Park game. And Volition went to Koch oh. Media for 22.3. So does that mean that we're going to be waiting even longer for this South Park game to come out? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't. I'm not really that interested in it. What? It's a South Park RPG. How could you not be interested? Sorry. 
put Nino Kuni in front of the name and I'll be a little bit more interested. Okay, it's South Park colon the Nino Kuni oh, edition. I'm all over it. Are they going to have a Wizards edition? South Park colon the Nino Kuni South Wizards Park. edition. Another another world. Another there. stick of truth world edition. Yeah. Um yeah. You got any other news? Oliver? Uh, no, I think that's the the biggest news that happened. But I there... just I really want to confirm this THQ news because I'm pretty sure I saw. Can I move this? Did up? you read any of the articles about the PlayStation Four controller specs? I heard that they were getting rid of the DualShock. Is that a rumor? It's that's still it, it's still all rumor and hearsay at this point. But um, the. I think I'm trying to find the article that I was reading, but this was for the system itself. I don't know. I don't really like talking too much about that because so much of that stuff's going to change. But I, I'm pretty sure all this stuff's going to be revealed at E3 this year, unless unless Microsoft does what they did uh, with the Xbox 360 and they held their own show for it. So we'll see. You guys want to do some emails? Yeah. Go All right. Email at no. Oh yeah, podcast at manatank.com. There we go. That's <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, I'm trying to pull a mat here and not screen any of this stuff. So when was our when was our last show here? The twentieth. So anything after the twentieth is fair game. Oh, that guy introduced us as the Voldemort crew. So no thanks. Actually, he used he used the Voldemort real name. Um, oh, here we go. Hey, MTP crew. My question begins with the fact that all of you enjoy the smell of a fresh game manual. So which smell do you all prefer the smell of? New car smell, new shoe smell, or new manual smell? I personally prefer the new shoe smell and could probably live in a shoe store just for the smell. From Harrison. I like new tire smell. Really? Yeah, I remember when I get when it'd be time to get new tires on my Civic, I would pile it like I would throw them all in the back seat and just sit in there and just like bask in that smell. You know, until you said that, I've never actually thought of new tire smell. But when I was buying my set of tires, the last set that I got, I was in the store and it was just filled with tires. Yeah, and I'm you just go to like, the tire store and stuff. You know, this is pretty good. Get on you. That, that is an awesome smell. I, I like could sign smell. up for new tire smell. I, I like new car smell. Uh, I was the kind of guy... I, I'm not big on putting car car air fresheners in my car, but whenever I put them in... The new car smell. It's one. new car smell. What is new car smell? I, I don't always drink, but when I do, I drink new car smell. Is there a Is there a certain blend of herbs and spices that makes new car smell? Mm-hmm. What is it? I think it's just like leather and plastic. Leather, plastic, and magic. <laughs> I don't know. I, I use it down at the Ford factory. I like new car smell, but I do really like new manual smell. I, I haven't smelled the new manual in like the five games I've bought in recently. That is the first yeah, thing I did some, with Nino Kuni. Some games don't come with <laughs> manuals, right? Yeah, now they're just pieces of paper. Yeah, oh, no, that's like, dying. A, a little. A little 
four-page little fold how thing about, that says, if you would like to learn more about this game, go to the website. How about the smell of new strategy guide? Like, some of them come shrink-wrapped? Uh, I don't think I've ever got a shrink-wrapped one. This is the story, right? I think everyone I got has been just loose. Because I haven't open. opened the Nino Kuni one yet, but I'm pretty sure that smells heavenly. You haven't opened the Nino Kuni one? You haven't needed it? No. I don't buy guides to use them. You just buy them to look at? I just buy them to Check out the cover. Them. That's that's well, one of my more worthless things that I collect. I have a lot of really rare strategy guides, but I don't ever use them. 22.3 million is the number I bought about. Oh, and that home front thing was 500,000, not 500 million. Oh, oh whatever. Same thing. Went for, half, <laughs> went for half a billion dollars. Uh, Ubisoft paid 3.2 million for South Park and 2.5 million for THQ Montreal. Clash Media paid 5.8 for Metro and 22.3 million for Volition. Crytek paid 500,000. That's uh, five zeros, not... Yeah, shut up. Eight, eight shut zeros. Up. Uh, let's see here. Uh, it says somewhere here that uh, the guys who bought South Park intend to release it on the day they wanted to. Doesn't matter to me anymore. I can't wait for that game. That game is going to be uncut dope. No way. That... Chick right there is uncut dope. All right, next email comes in from Niall Power. I think that's N I A L L Niall. 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 Niall's. Okay. Uh, hey, Manitate crew. My question is about rebooting old retro games like the ones in your 101 video game challenge onto the Xbox and PS3. Obviously, they would not be sold separately, but rather in packs of five or ten. I would love to have a stack of these mini games so that when my buddies come over and we want to play something different, I can just stick on something random and two to four of us can have a blast playing through 20 minute games, excluding Bible Buffet, of course. Oh, is that Bible Buffet, bro. I, the game is I good. think perhaps $5 would be a good price point for these packs. Do you think there would be a market for these with the current generation of gamers? And would you have any favorites you would love to see in these packs? Honestly, I don't think it would have a market with the current generation of gamers, but I think for people like us, yeah. we would buy the hell out of these Like if things. Capcom came out and just said, hey, here's every game that Capcom made for the, the regular Nintendo, 20 bucks. Like, oh, hell yeah. I'd be all over that. Yeah, but I mean, it wouldn't be 20 bucks, no. but Capcom made a lot of games. Well, okay, if they if they clumped it into little snippets of stuff, you know. Yeah. I think there'd be a huge market for that. I don't I don't think there would be a market for that with like like your target market for video games right now like 12 to 17 year old kids. Well, that's that's like, who I don't think your Call of Duty companies target. Well, yeah, but the thing is for for people like that, arguably most of the people who play video games are in that age range. I would say that they wouldn't buy this at all because they already have all these Xbox Live games and PS PSN games. Like that's what like all these shitty indie developers they put out games for these purposes, Define right? Fine indie. <laughs> Man, I want to go back. I listened to all five and a half hours of that show. God. And I'm gonna say, you were the Kevin. You were the all star of that show. Yeah. The jokes you put out, holy fucking shit. 
They were good. <laughs> Otherwise, we were all just fucking, just super ass ignorant in our in our own our own each individual ways. That show was fucking hilarious. <laughs> Holy, sorry, go back. Uh, I kind of lost my train. But yeah, you have you have games like uh, <laughs> like you want to be the guy or Super Meat Boy or shit like that, where you can your buddies come over and you play a game like that for for an hour or two hours or whatever. Like, that's that's the kind of game that's marketed to gamers right now for, like, uh, hey, let's just play this game, or NBA Jam on Fire Edition, like, something well, like it's that. The, it's the, the the instant gratification. Like, look at the, the course of mobile yeah, gaming. exactly. Yeah. I think if they were to do like re-releases of old NES games, the only people who would buy them would be people who played them back in the day. Yeah. I don't think anyone would pick up an 8-bit NES game and as their first experience into Nintendo. Well, I think a lot of modern games. gamers, the, the 12 to 17, are kind of oblivious to the nature of retro games unless they're, you know, just that, that diamond in the well, rough. Unless, unless they're the definition of retro games like you. Oh, it's on Xbox? Woo! That's retro. PS2, that's retro. Retro for some. This is why I feel like those those collectors, um, those collections are good. Yeah, they used to do the Mega Man X collection and then the Mega Man Anniversary collection. So it's it's a way to sort of promote a new game coming out and sort of uh, have an entry point for people who are interested in in playing like because yeah because uh sega who used to have game consoles and now just produce games they kids they do the same thing what some kids probably don't know that well yeah that's, that's weird yeah. eh? but yeah they they have the same type of thing because if you go on steam they have uh there's a couple a couple sega group packages where you can pick up like 40 or 50 old sega genesis games for for steam and you can pick them all up for like 20 30 bucks but i mean not to say that all those games are shit but they're kind of all shitty yeah don't buy altered beast Uh, no altered beast is a good game altered beast sucks like a lot of the good a lot of the good games in sega genesis aren't released in the sega pack because they weren't actually produced by sega they were like different developers and shit like that some games like Golden Axe, were Golden good. Axe Golden is Axe awesome. awesome. Streets of Rage was awesome. But you can you can get all those for uh, the Wii. Yeah, Wii you can get on the But why would anybody okay, buy you know, this when you could just emulate it? Well, exactly right. Yeah. Like you can just you can go to any you can type in NES emulator on Google and you can have every NES game at the at the click of a mouse. So I mean, it would it would be great if some of these games would be released like that, but there's absolutely no reason no. to. I'm going to go out on another limb here. Did we talk about Toe Jam and Earl getting re-released? No. <laughs> what? Haven't, have you guys heard about Toe Jam and Earl? I have absolutely heard of Toe Jam and Earl, but I didn't hear that it was getting released, re-released, as it were. Toe Jam and Earl was awesome. Toe Jam and Earl was awesome, and I remember hearing this somewhere. Now I can't PlayStation Network, see? Oh yeah, Xbox Live Arcade as well. When? PlayStation Network November 6, 2012. That what? So yeah, a couple <gasps> months ago. We must have missed it. Is it out? Oh. Yeah. 
PS. I'm gonna fire this thing November up and 6, look. Dude, Xbox if they Live have online sevens. co-op, I will play oh, that absolutely. with you. Oh, absolutely. Was this e- was this even a two-player game back yeah, in the day? Yeah, look, it was split-screen, local split. Oh well, yeah, that's the only way. But you 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 you'd split apart and you'd just cover more ground that way. I don't remember a lot about this game. I know I played it. Okay, Toad Jam and Earl were from the planet Funkatron. <laughs> okay, Funkatron. I think they were either on their way out or on their way back. Probably back. But their their uh, their spaceship flew apart and landed on this planet or whatever. So it was on Toad Jam and Earl to collect their parts and just go home. That was the basic story. But Toad Jam and Earl, you'd walk around, you'd collect like crates of like tomatoes because those were your main weapons. You'd also get like. Um, Speedy shoes, rocket shoes, bouncy shoes. Just different kinds of shoes. Yeah, and it was just, it was always a randomized level where you just sort of explore and collect weapons, fight like weird bad guys. Like the bad guys were fucking overpowered, and it was better to just run away from them if you could. <laughs> um, so uh, you just walk around and you have to find these spaceship parts. It, it would tell you where there was a, there was a spaceship part on a level. So, like, the, that level you'd want to, like, search every nook and cranny for. Okay, but uh, you'd, you'd you you pile into these elevators to go up to the next next floor, uh, next next level, I suppose. Uh, the kicker of this is that if you ever fell off one of these, you'd go down to the previous level and try to have to make your way back up. <laughs> you don't remember any of this? None. I fucking love this. Yeah, game. they have both of them on PSN right now: Toe Jam and Earl for four ninety nine, and then Toe Jam and Earl in Panic on Funkatron. Never played Panic on Fun- Funkatron because I think that was a that was more of a beat 'em up game uh, in the in the vein of Streets of Rage or something. I yep. think Streets of Rage was good too, though. Four ninety nine. Like, that's final a uh, pretty decent price for both of them or for, for one? one. That's sick. Tell you what, you guys will be hearing a lot more about this game next week because I'm this is all I'm playing this week. Uh, Toe Jab and Earl scored an 85%. Let me know when you get it, because I'll get it with you and we'll play. I don't know if we can play, though. It's Can you confirm that? Let's look. Um, network look players, too. Yeah, sure. We got, we... Oh, there you wow. go. Oh, my God. Toe Jam and Earl. Okay, well, we got a show to wrap up now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've got... I think I read another question. Um, all right, question quickly from Kaya says, uh, wants to know if we have ever played any games when we were younger that we've gone, that we remember being really fun, but have gone back to later and felt that it was actually a massive pile of shit and wondered why you ever liked it in the first place. Spoilers for next week, Potem and Earl. Uh, not... Not so much. I mean, every game that I played when I was a kid that I really loved and have gone back to play, I have still loved, but I've never. But you've got to you got to admit there have been games that you played as a kid that suck, and going back to you really liked it because it was geared towards you as the as a kid that age. Like people right now. With the Connect playing the Connect Adventures, they probably love it as a six-year-old. But fifteen years from now, they're going to look back and be like, "That thing sucks." Well, but that speaks to the nature of the way games are made today. Like games back in the day, like come on, we how much Mega Man Two and Super Mario Three did we True. play when you when you were True. up here? Like games back in the day, they had broad appeal for kids and adults. If you were an adult gamer, 
in the NES era, you were playing the same games that a six-year-old I do have a couple that I'm not proud of these, mind you, but... The first of which being uh, McKids for the NES, the the, the blatant McDonald's Kids. ripoff of Mario. Um, I, I remember playing that, like, this game's really good. This is just like Mario. And like, he... Oh, hey, heads up. Uh, McDonald's is owned by the Illuminati. Nice. I learned that as well. <laughs> so McDonald's is changing the weather. The other one. And this one's even worse that I'm going to admit this, but uh, the old NES version of The Little Mermaid. Oh, that game is awesome. Okay, thank God I'm not the only one. Uh, no, no joke. I rented that game back to back for like at least three weeks. What game was it? The Little Mermaid. I always, it was so for, good. For some you, reason, you, the only thing I remember uh, that the game being hard was when you got down to fight Ursula. No, I I could beat that game every time I played it. Okay, good. It's It kind of sucks going back now, but I liked it as a kid. Yeah, you pick up the little seashells and throw them at people, yeah. wave your tail around. Maybe I'm going to suggest that for things. Factory Sealed next week. Well, you should, Little Mermaid. I still haven't listened to your episode this week. Maybe I'll listen to it while I'm downloading Nino Kuni. Nice. Cooney. I downloaded it, and I wanted to listen to it on the hill, but I just uh, ended up just listening to music. Did you bring your GoPro? Oh, fucking, I did bring my GoPro. I lost my GoPro on the mountain. What? Yeah, the fucking thing <laughs> fell off, and I didn't notice it. I didn't know, I thought, I think I noticed it, like, immediately. So I quickly unstrapped my boots and started hiking up the hill. Some guys were even, they even stopped, like, hey, buddy, did you lose a camera? I'm like, yeah. He's like, they're just around the bend. You'll, you'll see it right in the middle. And I kind of think that those guys totally stole it. Probably. Or whatever. But I hiked up, like, a good chunk of that hill, and I was huffing and puffing, could not find it. I was so mad. I can't believe you didn't talk about that earlier. I totally forgot it until you mentioned it. How did it fall oh, off? That sucks. See, the funny thing is, is I had ordered uh, and and received the the camera tethers, and what the camera tethers are is just a piece of piece of string on another sticky sticky thing. Uh, so it's just an extra yeah, safety it's net, supposed to so be that fail safe. Right? Did you have so it? If, did you so have if, it correctly installed? So and were you using it? The if either the the mount or the the sticky mount like fell off, at least this this rope tether would be the failsafe. It'd be like clunking around. Something tells me that you didn't use the tether. The tether is the, is the part that broke off. Really? Like, I have a picture of it on my phone. It's the and it didn't even unknot like because it's 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 a knotted piece of string. So do you think that you can use this information to get a free GoPro? I'm 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 in talks with the guy. Well, not a free GoPro. At least get my money back from the tethers. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's oh I'm so upset. So are you gonna get a new one? Uh yes. Yeah. Yeah. Was this on your the front of your snowboard or was it on your helmet or? It, it was on my. It was on the front of my snowboard at that time, and because I'm getting a little bit more confident on the hill, I was kind of uh, riding a little bit more aggressively, which is probably why it fell off. In I the would first probably place. break That's the sucks. shit off of a GoPro the way I snowboard. Yeah, maybe, and yeah, and going back to your accusation on if I was using it properly, they they tell you to put it put the adhesive on, and wait like 24 hours to. To kind of let it like seal, seal. You, but like, you didn't do. No, I did it the, the night before, so uh, I gave it maybe like 
Six hours, Six maybe hours. eight hours. Yeah. So, but I mean, that's not the thing that broke, right? Well, it's, no. Yeah. You can still see that the adhesive and the the mounting is still right on the snowboard. And like the camera was mounted right at the tip, and that the the camera m- mount that w- that stayed on for a couple trips. So that was all right. It was this fucking tether. So like, I show them this picture. They have nothing to say. They have to give me my money back. That sucks. Forgot about that. Hmm. Sorry. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about anymore. Did we have a question? We got one more. This one's kind of a... Did we answer the previous one? The, the games knows? you played as a kid that... <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't really answer Yeah, it's that, probably going to be Toe Jam and Roll. I swear to God. Because <laughs> I remember the game so good. I remember this game was so awesome when I was young. But, like, yeah, I'll, I'll download it. Me and Eric will play it. And... Let's do it. Probably won't be good. <laughs> ah, you know what? That last question's really not that good. Doesn't qualify as a Matt Eads question of the year? Nah. All right. If you got any questions, podcast at manatank.com. We'll try to answer them. With a little bit more success as we had them this week. <laughs> this is a... It's always like whenever we do a show, just without matt they go longer well we we whenever matt's here we pad out time with emails and whenever matt's not here we just blaze through the emails because we've realized that we've gone for two hours and we haven't even done emails yet oops (laughs) all right well unless you guys have any other nuggets of knowledge no no i'm good we'll be here good doing a show with you guys yeah yeah yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming out. I was looking forward to talking about Nino Cooney. I was hoping Matt wasn't gonna just pull the whole. I don't feel good this week. We're gonna cancel. I totally thought that's how. Or or wait to schedule well, he... the show when I couldn't do it. No, he he actually messaged me and he asked me if I wanted to keep, to do it anyway because he he said that Eric wanted to do it. Oliver was could go either way, so he's like. Well, you know, it's kind of all on you now. So I'm like, well, you know what? I want to do the yeah. show. I want to talk about Nino Cooney, and I'm going to go buy it as soon as I we're can, done. You're going to have to be in contact with me before next week. I want to. I need somebody to talk to about this. We'll see. We'll we'll, <laughs> we'll get on late night Skype chats and talk. Well, no, it's weird because when I turn my computer on. My Skype doesn't immediately start up, and I'm not the kind of guy who's going to fix yeah. that. So You know it's I have to just act- a quick setting <laughs> in the, the options. Well, no, like it, it used to turn on by itself all the time, and now it doesn't anymore. So, you know, done. I, it's, yeah. It can't be fixed. Jesus. Game over. All right. Well, all hopefully right. next week we'll have more Nino Cooney talk. And uh, Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. Hey, you guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm Dinner Dangles. I need two more people as of yesterday for a thousand. So if you guys, if you're my thousandth subscriber, I will do absolutely nothing special. He will retweet anything you tweet at him. (laughs) But you'll get, you'll get the satisfaction of having a special place in my heart with no benefits whatsoever. I'm slowly closing in. I think I just crested 800, so. You're you're going fast. You're going way faster than I did. Think so? Well, I've had my I've been on the show True. longer. 
So, I stalled out at about... Theoretically? Yeah. I stalled out at about 750 for about three months. Just didn't... Yeah, I, I st- stalled out around 800 and change for a little while. And then now it's taken off again. People must realize how fucking awesome I am. <laughs> After that article. <laughs> you can follow me at Honest Pizza. Uh, Matt Eats can plug himself. Whatever, get out of here. Thanks for listening. What, what are, you're not gonna plug. You're not gonna plug yourself. No. Didn't I? No. Oh, I thought I did. Swagger Angular. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this show. Matt Eats can plug himself. Peace.